Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right. All right. Welcome in, everybody. It is Monday, June 26th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show with Mike Rutherford back after a lengthy, not lengthy, week-long vacation. Uh, Happy to be back here at the University of Louisville College of Business Studios in Jeffersonville, Indiana. We're on the air today from 3 to 6 on 1450 AM. I'm not sure about 96.1 FM today, but we are streaming all over the land. You know, it's better as the Big X. Uh, It is Mike Rutherford here with Trevor Kelsey. We're very happy to be back after, uh, again, a week off last week with the family in Hilton Head. Had a wonderful time. You come in, you're, you're a little bit reinvigorated, you're ready to go. Yeah, you know, you just you had the necessary break, but now you're, you're chomping at the bit to get back to radio. And how am I welcomed back? A gigantic down power line and tree right in front of the studio, which means we have to park down the street, walk up there. I'm, I'm nervous about, when I see that, I'm just assuming there's no power here. Because I knew Jeffersonville got hit pretty hard. I saw the the pictures of the sleet. Uh, you know, there were some some tornadoes in southern Indiana. But it sounds like we, you know, we're good to go. We're up, but we're having FM issues. And I, I mean, <laughs> what else? I mean, it is it, it is honestly it's a perfect welcome back. It's good to see you. <laughs> good to hear that voice. It's good to see you too, bud. It wasn't the same when Scoots was saying all right. It wasn't the same when Ralph said it. Did they all say all right? TJ didn't say it. That's eh, okay. Yeah, how was I, before we get into my week, I know that we did, we had TJ hosting on Monday with you. We did. And then we had Roush hosting one day. I think on we had the Thursday. Ryan the Ryan brothers hosting on Wednesday. Yep, that's correct. As Patrick just refused to like leave me alone. He's like, come on the show, come on the show. I'm like, I'm not coming on. The, it's vacation. <laughs> I'm not coming on. I, I went on. I, he told me, he's like, yeah, this is his last ditch plea. He's like. He's like, we got Trevor uh, hooking up the Comrex. Could be a standard Mike and Trevor segment. I'm like, is that your pitch to get me to like leave <laughs> the beach to come in there and do a standard segment of radio when I don't have to? No. And then you and Scoots, by popular demand, hosted the show on Friday. When he brought me on on Wednesday, I played the hero. I was like, Mike will never do it, but you call me any time of day, noon, night, I'll answer. You only go on vacation. This is a normal day for you. Well, dude, it was just like you can have because I was going to do, we were going to do a clip show. We did a, we did like a best of clip show on Tuesday, right? Which I, it only fooled like three or four texters. I was gonna say, hey. <laughs> it did. It kind of got a few. So, some didn't even bother like guessing it was a clip show. They were just like replying to things we were still talking about. I like that. Which uh, I opened it up with the us talking about what's gonna do the best of show. How about we just make this our best of show? Was that was like, the actually? The what first do you segment? mean? Where's Mackenzie and Baco gonna go to school? We know this. What are these guys talking about? So we did that on Tuesday. I was gonna do another one on Wednesday. Which was also going to include the great uh, Danny's dad story, too. <laughs> which, when I was putting it together and listening to it, just had me laughing again. Because I kept picturing him being like... Uh, hey, Dan. Can I see you up front <laughs> real quick? <laughs> I don't know why I kept picturing he was like the, 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 the bad guy in Shawshank. 
when he comes back to his cell and he turns on the light and the key, like that's Danny's dad is the that's cops. Pretty much how it he's felt trying like. to escape and he's like, get back in here, just holding on for your <laughs> yeah. like hands, just slowly being pulled to the front of the house. Boggs, that was his name. Boggs, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two things never happened again after that. Danny, Danny was, never, was never late. <laughs> Danny never got never got a D in school again, nor did he ever play basketball again because he couldn't walk. And he spent the rest of his high school years eating through a straw. That was pretty much yeah. That's how it felt. Uh, so we did that, but Ryan boys were like, you know what? They got a they had a rain delay on the on the on the bats game. So Patrick, I guess, was like, hey, if I can't run the board for the bats for Scoots that day, which he was going to do, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a show with Trey, and they did a show, and it was fun. They had a good time. Appreciate them I stepping came, up. Yeah, I came on. Like I said, did a segment with them. TJ did a little bit with them, and um, then yeah, Thursday was me and Roush, uh, which and then Friday was the. The show everyone's been asking for. You and Scoots. But no one actually wanted. And that's me and Scoots. It ended up being a short show because of the Wednesday rain delay. The Bats got a doubleheader. Oh. Which, uh, which was beautiful because it went into a rain delay in game two of that one in the seventh inning with one out. Of course it happens. When two I'm outs playing. left. Just give me two outs. And then I had to wait an extra half an hour. But nonetheless. Now let me say real quick. So, and that, that, that was the week that you missed. I know you were tuning in on a daily basis though. I was. <laughs> Did you turn in? Even at least when I'm out from the show, I try to listen sometimes. I, I, I don't. No. What do you want me to say? Do you want me to lie? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> well, I did. Because the answer is no. I, I did not listen to a single second of the show. Now, we went to. we So, so we, we drove through the night on Friday to come back here. I'll tell you why in a second. But we, were, we, we get in Saturday morning. We go to Saturday night, my nephew's graduation party. He graduated nice. with the Ryan brothers from Manual. They actually were right next to each other with the, the Ryan Rutherford. Yep. But I walk in, one of the first things I hear, I'm talking to my sister-in-law, and she says, she goes, I, I tuned in to the show on Friday. And she goes, this is an exact quote, the guy that you, you do the show with, he sounded like he was actually trying. <laughs> Talking about me? I assume what so. Day, what day was this? Friday? Friday. I assume. I don't remember were, trying. I assume because you were, you know, it was a little bit different. You're not playing off. Like you're kind of, you're, you're running the show a little bit. Uh, were you Mike one with Scoots? Who, who took over on Mike? No, one? I let Scoots out. You let Scoots handle. Yeah, okay. I, play, I played. I played co-pilot every day, every time. Well, maybe she thought you were Scoots. I don't know. But I was like, well, I was like, that's it, that's good to know. I'm glad to know that he was. He sounded a little bit more lively for some reason. Someone did text in the sentence and without any like spacing. Really was like, punch that hillbilly Trevor, and I didn't know if they were meaning like Scoots punch that hillbilly Trevor, or Trevor punch that hillbilly. I would guess based I mean, on I don't his know which one was which. There was just a comma missing I, there. I, I thought the Seinfeld going to uh, what's his name Boston's party. Like, did he emphasize the Jerry can bring? Grammar's important. <laughs> yeah, Punctuation's is. important. My guess would be that they wanted you to punch Scoots. Okay, well, I wasn't gonna punch Scoops. Who would I did try to I did try to make a slap bet with him over the IU UofL game, and he would not do it. A football game? Yes. What was the other bet that we were we were thinking about luring Scoots into? Uh, I can't well, remember what it was. It was like getting a Monty Bates drafted. It did happen. Um, it was something else though. It was like an, it was another win total bet. I can't remember what. It was. I can't remember what. Now I did. I don't know if he actually accepted officially or not, but I did try to bet Roush that Louisville would win more football games in UK this year. How did Ralph feel about that? Uh, he thought that we'd be tied going into the Governor's Cup. Oh. And so I said, well, I mean, just, just assuming you think you're going to think you're going to win that. So and he never actually officially said yes to the bet. The parameters were not a slap bet because I don't mind slapping Roush, but I'll take a slap from Scoots. I'm not taking one from Roush. He'll, 
He'll leave a mark on my face, probably, which I'll, will take days to get rid of. It's amazing how the tides have already changed a little bit. Like, UK fans, they can... They oh, yeah, can, they're, they were so chesty, weren't they? They can say that they're not, like, you know, we're, we're not worried about Louisville. Look at what we've done all the last year, all that stuff. But the reality is, think about, how, like, think about making that wager to a UK fan last year. Think about saying, <laughs> we're going to win more games than you are. You've been laughed out of the room by any UK fan. I mean, UofL fans would have laughed you out of the room. I like, was, was laughed out of the room two years. There was <laughs> so much chestiness from UK. You know, we're going to win 9-10 games. We're, a threat to, we're the biggest threat to Georgia to win the SEC East, all this stuff. And now it's kind of like, like, you know, they're not scared of Louisville, nor should they be yet because they, they, you know, they've beaten us to a pulp four, four times in five years. And they, but, the, but there's still the, – the, the, you know that there's – there's not this initial pushback. Like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like, even Roush, who's a diehard football guy, is like, I think we'll have the same record going into the game. And then I'm assuming he thinks that they're going to win, which is fine. I would think so, but yet he still didn't, like, really confirm or deny the bet, which I made the parameters. I told him, if, if you win, I will order DoorDash for your whole family's dinner. Ooh, that's a lot. That's have to feed. And it's him, the wife, and two kids. Oh, now, gosh, granted, one's like, only, I, I only can assume. He's got that <laughs> South Bend belly. He's going to eat a little bit. <laughs> and the kids are at least jumping. You got Duke and Frank. Or Frank's probably would. It's not really going to be part of the meal. But He's got kids named Duke and Frank. They can eat. Yeah, no, <laughs> they're gonna, I'm telling you that right now. Now they're going to join the Sharks in a few years. Uh, and, and that's on, in return, if I win, he has to order me myself DoorDash, which I think financially would be about the same price of me versus his family. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Depending on where we order, but again, he kind of he kind of was like, oh, he kind of danced around it and never, never took it. And then the next day on KRC, they're calling he's calling me a coward for not betting just UVL UK straight up. Would you not bet UVL UK straight up? I didn't say I would or wouldn't. He didn't actually offer it to me. Classic deflection. Now, classic deflection. If he was to offer it to me, I might think about it. Right, get right. me get me in the right mood. Maybe riled up. I'm only on about two hours sleep tonight, so maybe it'd be I mean, good you time. You were to willing do it. to make the bet like the last two years, which yeah, yeah really, and that was stupid. Flying <laughs> in the face of all logic. I mean, this year's the year to do it. This year's the you know they're still a little bit chesty, but we've got Jeff. We were we're feeling better. Oh, this we're is awesome. Year, this is the year to catch him. I think if you want to make that bet. But uh, it was a, I, I'm I'm. Again, sincerely, thanks to everybody who stepped up and, and filled in the show. When I left on Friday, there was <laughs> there was still no plan. I think for, no. the, for this week. So to see that come together, I, I think it came that. together on Saturday or Sunday is when finally like was all like kind of putting putting to put together and put in motion. Let me say also, I love the fact. So you know, we've been over here in Jeffersonville for I think six weeks now since the Has it been that long. The official the, the computer officially was fried, and when that happened, yeah, you know, I was told it's going to be. Two three weeks, you know, and then we're back in Taylorsville, and then as time went on, you kind of let me in. You're like, you're like, they can say that. I would go ahead and get comfortable over here. Yeah, you get a pass. I love that I come. I I, I got home, and t- this whole day, I'm doing getting back into the standard work routine, which is tough. Reentry is tough after vacation, but I'm planning my day on just coming to. I don't even ask. If, if, if the Taylorsville Road studio is up and go, like, I don't even text you and be like, I'm assuming OG, I just come here. Because like, I, I, I know for a fact that we're not going to be back over there. But we, how, are the YouTube cameras up? Um, well, I can, I've got a camera on my phone. So, yes. <laughs> but I kind of need to charge it because I need I'm full battery before I leave here today. That's okay. Yeah, I don't have any power at my home. No. Yeah, I, that was, yeah. We walked yeah, into the terrible situation here with the, the power lines and such, and then I find out that you are going off of one hour of sleep because at least you lost two, power. Roughly, yeah, give or take. You, you, you had a miserable Sunday night. That was awful. 
you bought an AEW pay per view that the <laughs> you lost power for after five minutes. Well, what makes it be? So I ordered it and I'm watching it. They actually started at eight, it was an eight to midnight, but the pre show had a, one match on it. It was a women's match and it was between uh, Athena, who used to be Ember Moon. You don't know she is, that's fine. But uh, her opponent was a, a wrestler named Billy Starks or Sparks. Who um, is from Louisville? From here, and like, in fact, her her mom actually was my manager at Insight, and she's eighteen. She just signed to AEW. She's a, a really huge up and coming. I've watched her wrestle a few times in the indie scene. She's awesome. So I was looking forward to it. Uh, watching, I'd so reason I like wanted to watch the pre show was to see her match. You know, on her like her first like major match on AEW. She's done some YouTube stuff. They have YouTube cameras. We don't. Uh, and like, yeah, it goes. The I mean. I was feeling all like warm and cozy after all the sirens had stopped, the rain had stopped. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I've made it through. This is awesome. You know, I'm I'm, I'm sitting there kind of finishing a, a game on my PS4 on the PS5 with, with my Blue Jays dynasty, and uh, the lights just flicker kind of quick, like so quick you don't even notice. I'm like, such a terrible feeling. I kind of looking around like that. I don't like that. And then like two seconds later, just boom, gone. I was in the eighth inning of the game, too, which I lost that progress. So uh, I didn't know mad on top of it. And, yeah, I paid so I paid $60 for a pay-per-view last night. I kept waiting for my the little power to come back on, thinking, okay, if it comes back on, I'll, you know, do what, you know, I'll play it by ear or whatever. I don't want to, I hate, like, not missing, you know, watching something and spoilers for it. But, and by midnight, I was like, this isn't happening. And this the, my house is stuffy. It's driving me nuts. So I'm like, I'm going to see about a hotel. There's no, there's not a hotel available anywhere in Louisville. East, pretty much anywhere south of West Louisville, uh, or anywhere outside of, of, of downtown Louisville, because everything's booked. Because everyone's out of power, pretty much. I'm surprised you kept it. I'm glad you did. Should have come to your house. Should have. Uh, you could have watched the Orange Casting match. It was awesome. The four way with Will Osprey and Danny Garcia. Uh, and so what I do is I go to my car. I was like, well, I'm gonna go to White Castle. I go to leave. Turns out. Two giant trees in my neighborhood. One really big one. Very a lot of damage to my my uh, my neighbor Ricky uh, Ward on the very end. I hope he's okay and his uh, his stuff. A big tree fell on his house, uh, but I was trapped in my own street. Like the trees were down, oh. I couldn't even get out. There. So like I can't even go to White Castle. So I just pull up in my driveway and I just basically kind of sit in my car and watch the pay per view on my phone on a bootleg, so I can keep my phone charged uh, in my car for like four. It's a four hour pay per view. So I try to go to bed around, you know, five or so in the morning. I can't get to sleep. Can't get to sleep. It's, next thing I know, the sun's up. My mom's running around. They're starting to cut down, cut the trees and the wood from all the, the stuff from the night before. I can't sleep. I'm sweating. Oh man, I just I tell you now, my power's not again. I told you just before, I'm not lying. Our power's not back on at six o'clock when we get done with the show. I might not even go across the road. I might go to the closest hotel over here, grab a room, and just crash. I'm sorry that happened. <laughs> that or come to your house. <laughs> Feel free. I feel like you're, why are you trying to give me 50 bucks for a hotel room right now? <laughs> if there's a, we can work out some trade. If you're interested in advertising on the Big X and have a hotel room for Trevor Kelsey, let us know. I'll be honest. I think the one room that was available close to me was the, the infamous. Uh, the hot tub hotel. No, it was the Red oh. Roof Inn over on Hurstburn Lane. Well, there you go. Yeah, I know you, you have to know that hotel, right? Why? The one over there about used to be where Perkins was. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think any teenager knows that hotel. Yeah. I was like, I, I don't think I'm not even that desperate at this point at 43 to go there. 20-year-old Trevor, in a heartbeat. 18-year-old Trevor would have been there two hours ago. Yeah, we got super yeah. lucky. My parents lost power last night, too. Our our babysitter came over this morning. She'd lost power last night. I think still had lost power. 
I guess like all the the, the really bad stuff just narrowly missed us. And yeah, I was like good. you, you know, we we're prepared. You know, the, I'm walking Penny. The sirens go off a little bit early. I don't know if they were just like making sure they worked or whatever. But it was they just, went off around six. See, ours were going off like five thirty, and yeah. I think that, that was just preparing because they knew that they were going to have to use them around six. Um, so we went to the basement for a little bit. Um, you know, the kids are just the kids are fine. Mary's like just cleaning up. That it, it ends up being like totally all the bad stuff. I think stayed south south of us. So that was good. And then I'd forgotten there's going to be like a second wave. And so, like you, you know, we're like the danger's over. This the skies got blue for a little bit. Like I, we had to run a couple errands. We had no food in the house, so I ran to Trader Joe's real quick while Mary fed the kids dinner. And so I come out of Trader Joe's, and Mary's calling me, and she's like, <laughs> "You know, it, it looks like the world's about to end. Maybe you should go ahead and get back home." And that's when the second uh, the, the second wave hits, and we got a little bit. We we had a decent amount of hail. Yeah, I heard the hail too in my house. Too. And we had the same thing as you, where like the the light flickered a couple times, and you're like, "Please, I'll give anything." Like we're still. I mean, we are just still lagged from vacation, coming back, and and you know driving through the night, and not really getting much sleep on Saturday, and then we took the kids to the zoo on Sunday. We're we're like we're exhausted. We you to- spent a week on vacation. Your first day back, you take the kids to the zoo. Our first day back, we go to. Uh, graduation party and that's that's like the day we get back and then on sunday we take the kids to the zoo on like the hottest day of the year so far yeah. splash padded up well i would not i didn't leave the house all weekend it was <laughs> so i'm trying to go to white castle it was tough we did think i don't know if, if other like relatively young parents have had this thought because you know we used to love when we would go on vacation we always wanted to get back on saturday just so you had that Sunday to fully like, oh yeah, like just relax and get back into the flow of being back and at home before you go to work. Because getting home on Sunday and then having that like we're still we're rushing to unpack, we're rushing to to catch up on sleep, and then you have work the next day just sucks. And so like we get back on Saturday and we're we're thinking we're like oh yeah you know we'll get back into the flow on Saturday and then Sunday we can just relax and then you're like no we, you don't get to just relax on Sunday it's you're doing normal parenting stuff like the kids are there you know that we wake up on Sunday and it's like well all right what are we gonna do with these damn kids all day so we go to the zoo let them splash pat pat it up and you know see the, the Lego exhibits and all that stuff and it's just like you know you still you're you're not caught up at all um, but it was. The, the trip down, the reason why we chose to drive back through the night on Friday was the trip down. This is the first year we haven't driven through the night down there. Yeah, you left in the morning on Saturday on morning. Saturday. Yeah. We, we, so we, we had a, married a hellacious work week. She wasn't packed. She wasn't ready to go on Friday night. And last year, it was we had, we had kind of terrible storms driving through the night. Some weird stuff happened. So we're like, we'll just drive. It won't be that bad. Maybe it'll be like an extra hour driving down there if we leave early Saturday morning. Which one? How do you... Go, you don't you don't go through like Nashville or anything, do you? When you go that way to there, no. You don't go through. You don't go through any major cities that could get caught in some kind of traffic jam. You go through Asheville. That's not. That can't be that. And bad, Knoxville. Yeah, I've and, been in Knoxville. It's not that bad. But so here here's the problem. So we leave and like it, it's fine. Like it's one of those we leave. I don't know. It's usually about a. It's like nine forty five to ten is is the length of time it usually takes us without major traffic. And we know that there's going to be traffic because everyone's getting into the island at the same time. We've done this before. Where we've gotten in Saturday around you know, early after, early to mid-afternoon, and just it's, it's, it's going to take an extra hour. <laughs> but we get to South Carolina. It is stop-and-go traffic for legitimately six hours. Oh, it's six sucks. hours straight. And not just stop-and-go, but it's the worst kind where it's like you're not moving at all for, I don't know, 15 minutes. Yeah. And then, boom, you're back to flying. You're going 75. Everyone's moving together for a solid two miles. And then, bam, stop again. <laughs> the entire way. And, like, you're looking at the map, and it was one of those where it's like, 
Oh God! Like the reds and the yellows. Pure red. Yeah. For a line, you're like, you're like, you pull it up the first time you get stopped, and you're like, no, no. And the kids could not Nothing. be more awake. Is there anything worse on when you look at the GPS and see that red? It's the worst. That's, I mean, the yellow, you're like, ah, I can. Yellow, easy. I don't mind. I, I've seen yellow and not even like slow down sometimes. But when you see the red, you're it's like, it's just the absolute worst. <laughs> and like, you know, I, I'm definitely the person who. I want to get the like Mary gets so mad at me because you know I want to put the actual location of where we're going specifically yeah, in the a, GPS when we leave the house. Is it just a random city that you're going? Because Mary yeah. be like, no, it's like, let's just get on the road. Just put in like Hilton. I'm like, no. Yeah. Tell me exact. I want to know the, the what their arrival time says right now, and I want to beat it. I'm I'm just like you with that. I've got to like yeah. I'm, I'm very anal about it. Like I've got to have the exact location of where we're going. Part of that is because one time I put Hilton Head. Into my GPS when I was leaving from New Orleans, a bachelor party at four in the morning, and it took me to Hilton Head Road <laughs> in North Carolina instead of actual. So I, I wanted to have the specific address. And so this, the, the time when we left in the morning, it was like arrival time, 341 in the afternoon. That's not bad. Well, y'all was early then. Yeah, we left pretty early. Yeah. And so like, we were hoping the kids would sleep for the first, because we left, it was still dark outside. We were hoping the kids would stay asleep for like two or three hours. We'd get that in. Oh, no. John's wide awake. He's laughing. He's, <laughs> he's clapping. He's doing a, Virginia's wide awake, too. She wants to play the iPad. Like, she, it, it was just a, it was a total fail on every level. Jamming frozen all the way there. Pretty much. <laughs> but then I'm seeing, like, the arrival time just slowly go up with every stop. And it's like, so we end up getting there at, like, 6.50. Miss it by like three and a half hours. By by all told, we ended up being in the car for about fifteen hours. <laughs> for, for a ten hour drive, I wanted to absolutely die. I, I wanted to. It was just to, and like the last. The kids were were very good, all things considered. That's good when you've got a one and a three year old. Like I would have thought it would have been way worse. But the last hour when we were like, you know, we're, we're two miles away from where we're going, What's, and it takes like an hour to get. Like you you're moving three cars per light. And we had friends that had come down already in that day, and they kind of warned us, like, this is the way it's going to be. Okay, now this wasn't highway traffic. This was This like... is just island traffic. Like, okay, once you get okay. into Hilton Head, like, the all last, right. the last hour been, or so. I've never been, so I sure, all right. Everyone's getting in at the same time. It's just, it's completely missed. And, like, they're screaming. They're going nuts. Mary's finally, like, we're breaking the law. Like, the kids are getting out of their, their chairs. Like, Virginia can sit on my lap, and she's, like, she's losing it. Well, you probably weren't going fast enough for damage anyway. Exactly. Kind of wreck. She could have like... walked to the by herself <laughs> to the island faster than we were going to get there. So that was miserable, and that's when we made the executive decision. Like, we're, we're, we're going back to the old routine. We're driving through the night, coming back. And so that's why we ended up leaving on Friday and coming back. The week, but the week after that, this it was probably, you know, we've been, I've been going to Hilton Head with her family for, I guess, 10, 11 years now. This is probably the most fun I've had. Down nice. There. Like, like, cause a- adult beach vacations. I talked about this last week. Are not my favorite thing. Like, I just kind of, you know, when when I would go to the beach growing up, when I was once I got to like my twenties, you know, you're you're sitting there like you can listen to music, you can listen to podcasts, you can read. But at a certain point, like especially me, somebody who burns very easily, I'm like, you know, I'm just, I could, I'd be more comfortable reading inside. Like, I mean, <laughs> the ocean's cool, the pool's cool, but at a certain point, it just loses its luster to me for me. But with kids, I, I think it, it changes the – like seeing them so happy, seeing them having a good time running around and playing with them made it a lot more fun for me, and I think it's only going to get better as they get a little bit older. Like Virginia, it was cool seeing her like – the difference between her the last couple of years and this year, like just the progression she's made. Like she's all about the ocean. She wanted to get out there. She wanted to like jump over the wave. She would get like blasted by the wave and it would knock her down, and she like would just get up laughing. Like she just – she had a ball. She would love jumping into the pool by herself. John took right, a little hesitant at first, and then took right to the ocean after that. Like, he loved going out there and splashing in the waves and having a good time. And, and we did a, a little, one of those little dolphin tours where you get on the boat and you go out and look at the, 
you, you see like five dolphins, which is fine. The kids don't care. They're just happy to be on the boat. The dolphins captain, are cool. Yeah, the captain let Virginia like drive the boat, and she was oh, she was loving it. Uh, like all that stuff. It was just it was a lot of fun. Uh, and then I had a we, we had a buddies who were down there. The only thing that sucked for the week was, you know, I, I've been feeling a lot better recently uh, with, with my the, the long COVID stuff. And the first like four or five days, I, I probably like overdid it a little bit. Like I was just, you know, I felt normal. And so I am so happy to be on vacation and feeling normal again, as opposed to last year where I felt like I really couldn't do anything. And we played, we had golf scheduled for Tuesday with me and my buddy uh, Walsh, who was down there. And he and his son got like violently ill. And so he had Ugh. to cancel on Tuesday. So we rescheduled for Thursday. And it's one of those, like I'm, we played early. I'm playing. I'm having a good time. I'm feeling totally fine. I make a putt on the sixth hole and I walk off and like, the old feeling like just comes back. And the only way I can describe it is like, it's what I assume you feel like when you've been like poisoned, you, know, you just, it's just this really uneasy, like, did we been poisoned before? No, that's what I'm saying. What I assume <laughs> it feels like to be poisoned. Like you get kind of dizzy and you're like, what, like something, you just, this, this feeling of like, Oh no, something's wrong. And I, I would, I recognize it now because it's happened uh, several times with people who have this call. It's when you crash. And so I was like, God, I've done that before. Yeah, I was like, God, play. like this sucks. And like, so I just I ended up only being able to play the, the 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 front nine, which that that sucked. And I felt kind of bad for the rest of that day, and not great uh, the, the day since. But outside of that, like it was just a, it was an absolute blast. Well, this one day doesn't sound too bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt I felt kind of weird since then, but it's part of the, the the crash deal. And you just you know, I'll be back hopefully to to where I was by the end of this week, and and we'll be okay. The other thing that sucked too is I was like dizzy, like on Mars and stuff, and I started playing my best golf, and I was like, <laughs> it's like golf is so mental. I'm just like thinking about trying not to pass out. And I had a birdie putt on nine, like a really close birdie putt that I just missed. And I was like, wow, I hate going out like this, but I, I can't play. We also, we got paired up with this father-son duo from Columbus. And it was like, in, the dad was probably, I don't know, 65, 70, that range. And the kid was, the kid was young. So maybe the dad was a little bit, just looked older than he actually was. But the kid was probably 19, 20, 21. The dad was awesome. The kid was an absolute, just, ishhead. Like, like, just, just, he was the kid, if you get paired up with a random, you've had this experience probably before where he's like, yeah, I mean, I usually play from the tips, but I'll play from the, the blue tees with you guys. The tips is like the, the farthest back you can go, like what pros will play at courses. And he's like, yeah, but I'll, I'll play with the blues with you guys. And the kid sucks. Like, I, I'm like, you're the worst player out of the four of us here. Don't what talk about What color is the women's tee? Is that like the red? Red, okay. Yeah. But he, and he's like, he also like, you know, we've, we don't know each other. And he's kind of like trying to like talk trash and stuff. And I'm like, get this kid out of here. And the thing that, that like, where he really lost me, they're from Columbus, uh, we, we found out they actually live very close to podcast Trevor, Danny. Oh, yeah. And so my buddy Walsh, who I'm playing with, is a diehard Notre Dame fan. His dad went there. He grew up being like a huge Notre Dame fan. And so Notre he Dame. He Rudy's dad. I bet he thinks Rudy's dad was a good dad. He hates Rudy's dad. Well, he thinks he's an absolute ass. No, but yeah. so they, you know, they're talking trash because Notre Dame and Ohio State are playing each other in, the, I think, the third week of the season. Okay. And so, of course, I'm like. A Buckeye fan's dark can be very sensitive. Yeah. And I, well, I'm like, tell, I'm, I'm like, just so you guys know. Louisville's beating Notre Dame the sixth week of the season. <laughs> like, that's lock it in. We may lose a game we're not supposed to lose before then, but, like, we're going to beat Notre Dame. And the little bleephead kid is like, it's become such a, a trendy pick. Everyone's saying that pick, and I just don't see it. And I was like, shut up, kid. I was like, I, was like, I want to kill Benji. I, I was like, get him out was of that my his face. name? Ben, but his dad called oh. him Benji. <laughs> I was like, get out. I was like, all right. I was like, you need to go. Just, just get out. We need another twosome right now. I can't take this anymore. So you didn't even know these, these random people, right? No, if, if you sign up for like a uh, two-person tea time, a lot of times to speed up play, they'll pair you with another twosome. Yeah, just, but you didn't know they were. No, we, we had no idea they were. 
That's kind of weird. I don't know. Who wants to play like good vacation? Who wants to play? A I know. Sometimes you get lucky and it's strangers. like strangers. Sometimes you get lucky and it's like you know, they're cool and like you, you have fun. But sometimes you will get paired with like somebody who either is like, well, one could really suck and just make it not fun for you, or be like way way better than you are and make it also not fun for you and be kind of an ass about it. But which I it, you always hope to not get paired up. But they, they were fine. The, the kid was a little bit of a bleep, but the, the the dad was cool and you know they weren't good enough to make you feel bad about yourself, which was nice. So that was good. But somebody's going to listen to this on like a podcast in Ohio. I'm like, Benji, they were talking about you on this little radio show, talking man. talking about you. Said you were bleep hole. Well, I, don't, I take back nothing. <laughs> I took it. He like thought we were like way cool. But the third hole, he's like, yeah, he's like, was he like, how was he in his twenties? He's probably like nineteen twenty. I want to say, okay, yeah. But like you know, I, I left a putt short, and he's like, you gotta get it there, man. I'm like, don't. I'm like, we don't know each other yeah, well enough for this talk. <laughs> but did he throw your mom at you? As I'm well? like, this is very early in the round to be talking like this. Maybe if we got to the back nine and started having some drinks, then maybe. But I don't even know your last name, dude. Nor do I care to learn it. <laughs> Yeah, and I like Walsh like hit a he like drilled a tree on like one of the like, his initial tee shots that like that was like twenty yards in front of us. And he's like, yeah, you gotta get off the tee box if you want to like, score. I was like, oh my! I was like, I was like, Paul, get your son in line. Start whooping his ass out here on the course. I mean, this isn't like pickup basketball in a park where you can you can talk kind of bleep to a stranger. Like yeah. Golf's a different, that's a different different atmosphere, right? The kid needed it, but at a certain point, like it can get fun. But that's usually when you like know the people that you're playing with, well, yeah. or have gotten to know. Like I've had times where I've been paired with randoms, and like after the front nine, you know, the back nine, you start drinking a little bit, like, you get a little bit loose, and like you, you feel like you kind of are you're, you're vibing. Like we would be friends in a different life where we lived in the same place. <laughs> we can have a good time together. This is like the third hole. I'm like, we just met. Like you, you don't need to be talking like this. Get this kid out of my life. But besides that, very fun week. Happy to be back. And I will say. Like, we joked about me not really listening to the radio show, but I was paying attention to the news outside. It felt like a good week to be off. It felt like there wasn't a whole lot. Yeah, a few more of those ahead of us probably. I know, (laughs) but, like, you know, sometimes in the middle of summer, it'll be like, bam, like, huge transfer news, or bam, like, kid, like, gets arrested, or you're bringing in somebody new, you sign a big-time recruit, like, something gigantic happens. It felt like there was not really any of that, which I felt, it it felt like a good week to be gone. I mean, other than the Reds on fire. That, well, that's the other thing we're going to have to talk about. Yeah, and it, it came to a halt, I guess, against the Braves. But hey, it's, it's the Braves. I mean, because they, they did just lose last night, too, didn't they? Well, you know why. I did not see the game. Clearly, I didn't see the mat in the game. Well, you, but you know why the, the win streak ended? Because you get back. Because Scott Satterfield threw out the first pitch. Oh, that's right. It's right. Well, that was Saturday's, but what about yesterday's game? Yesterday, they just, well, we had Kevin Newman batting in a clutch situation. Oh. The, so, I'd forgotten about I, I, this. But is it a coincidence they've lost both games since you've been back? So, we... This, I don't think we talked about this last year, but it was definitely a thing when I was in, in past radio iterations. And I'd forgotten about this until um, a couple of friends brought it up. There was a, like, we used to always talk about how when I went on vacation, even when the Reds sucked, like the Reds are incredible whenever I'm on vacation. Like, and this has been a thing for years. Mary's dad is, and my father-in-law is a huge Reds fan too. It's like, we're always watching the game with Roy Fall. And like, I think... Two years ago, they definitely did not lose a game when we were on vacation. They lost as we were packing up to leave, which kind of counted. And then this year, they don't lose a single. I mean, you and I, the, we ended two Fridays ago, we ended the show by saying, you know, where do you think the Reds are going to be in the central standings when I come back and we're doing the show on Monday? I think you said five and a half back, and I said I think two and a oh, half yeah, back, we were both, like that. Scoots actually pulled the audio and played it on Friday. Yeah, we both were, yeah. were a little bit more pe- – you were more pessimistic than I was. I, was. I think I, th- I, th- I thought that we were going to drop – 
um, two of three in the first series, win two of three against the Rockies, and then drop two of three against the Braves, which was the only thing that I was right about. But like, they, yeah, the, the the games when I was down there, unbelievable run. Like they have become the most talked about team in baseball, I'd say, at least up until the, you know, the, the run ended on Saturday afternoon. And they're doing this without, I won't talk, I promise I won't talk too much about the Reds. Well, not, I was going to say, when did you go on vacation last year? Uh, it was about the same time. So, like, early J- June? I or? think, like, the second week of June. Uh, the Reds went on a three-game winning streak. Yeah, they, they, played, they played well last year. And this is when, you know, this is a, it's a 100-loss team. That, yeah. that, that was about as good as you could ask for. That's about that's probably true. Lied about that. Uh, but <laughs> like, they're doing this all without any real starting pitching. Like they've got the third worst starting ro- uh, rotation ERA in all of baseball, and the only two teams that are behind them are teams that are not trying to win <laughs> this year. Um, it's like if they can get something out of their starters, if they can get and Lodolo being out until August really hurts. Hunter Green now being out for a little bit really really hurts and. Um, having what looks like a lingering injury, they're just—they're not getting anything from their stars, and yet they're still out here, you know, winning Abbott's sixteen of twenty-two. Good. Say what? Abbott's been—he's been fan, he's been incredible. But I mean, you, how, can, how much can you rely on a rookie with three stars to be your ace moving forward? Which is kind of what they're—they're they're hoping to do. But the bullpen's incredible. The lineup's yeah, incredible. Yeah, Diaz back, which, uh, which is nice. Yeah, the, the, the bullpen's been fantastic. So it, it's—they're so fun. I'm still a little bit—I like, I don't know how much to. I mean, they're. they're Basically, two years out of schedule right now. I don't know how excited to be long term this season because I'm still I'm worried about the stars. You, I mean, Ellie's not going to hit 350 for the entire season. Matt McLean's not going to be a three like 20 hitter for the entire season. At some point, these young guys are going to go into a little bit of a slump, and some guys are going to get the scouting report on them. But for right now, man, and then Votto coming back and doing what he's been doing, it's been so so fun to follow. Uh, it's been a long time since we've had this type of excitement, and I liked. I, I saw. You know, Danny Mark, has to be pumped. Say what? Danny has to be pumped. Oh, right? we've all. I mean, we've all been. They went to the. Uh, he went to the game against the Rockies, where they got down like four nothing. And Danny's been a big jinx for the Reds in recent years when he attends games. <laughs> and I, I went from like, oh, it's kind of you're going to blow the streak to like legitimately mad very quickly. And then uh, it was when they won their 11th straight, whichever game that was. And so I was very excited for him. His whole family went to the game on on Saturday, the sellout Friday night, the, the sellout on Friday night. And couldn't get in. Like, you know, these are like, like Danny's sister is the brother of the equipment manager for the Reds. They couldn't get tickets. Uh, so they were outside at Holy Grail, though, like just drinking and enjoying the game and you know, watching on the big screens at that Moore Lane Cafe. Like, it's, it's just it's a super fun time to be a Reds fan. And I, I, look, I said, I think probably four weeks ago, and this is when they were still five, six games under 500. Like, I'm, I'm so excited about just watching this team play, regardless of how it plays out. And like, if you want to jump on the bandwagon, this is the perfect time because like, it's going to get better moving forward. I saw, do you know Mark Murphy who does the cart? He's the cartoonist for the Courier Journal. Every uh, now and I'm not then, with him. He's a local attorney, and he does cartoons for the Courier Journal. But he had a really good tweet and just said, "I I truly feel sorry for people watching this without context. If they have a pulse, it's still fun for them, no doubt." If they're sports fans but not baseball fans, really, they're excited. But if you know, if you really know what you're watching as a Reds fan, then my God, the like, it, it's so true. Like having to go through what we have gone through as Reds fans and not expecting this to come just yet has been uh, just such a, a nice summer treat. I mean, I was saying at the beginning of the season, I hope they can just keep me interested until like mid-June and then, you know, 
whatever happens, happens. They can hopefully get some guys at the trade line. We can keep stockpiling for the future. But, I mean, to be in first place now in late June, to look like they have a legitimate shot in what is a weak NL Central is so much fun. I, I do think they're going to have to trade somebody to get a, another arm or two in the starting rotation. I mean, it'd be nice if Senzel would start hitting and not making a million errors a game so they could get a, a decent piece for him. But uh, they, they are a whole lot of fun right now, and watching them down there on vacation was just a, a true treat. I'm surprised they cut Will Myers, though. I mean, yeah, they had DFA. So five of their seven highest-paid uh, highest players in the roster aren't on the roster <laughs> right now. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I mean, was I mean, who's, who do you have playing outfield right now? Uh, I mean, T.J. Friedel. Yeah, and Hopkins is, is up there and up in the majors right now, isn't he? Yeah, he's been fantastic. Senzel is kind of rotating from um, outfield to, to third base. Yeah, you've got Kevin uh, Newman. Fraley as well. Fraley's out there. Spencer Steer, they've kind of just thrown him into left field because he can play it. Um, so they're, just, they're basically throwing who they can. But this is the, the Reds' payroll right now. Here, the, the top seven players that they have that the Reds are playing. Joey Votto is the highest-paid player. He's making twenty-five million dollars this year. Yeah, I mean, he's, second he's, is Mike Mustakis, who now he was on the, the even on your roster. No, he's not. He's re, we're going to see him again now. He just got traded, I think, to the Angels. Um, oh, was he? Yeah, he was the one that got traded in the middle of the game, right? Yeah, like you know, they traded him during, during during the game. Yeah, he he already hit like two home runs against us this year, uh, and we're going to see him again. He was with the the, the Rockies. And now he's going back to the Angels. Uh, you don't seem like a market team that should be paying a guy to not play on your. That's a that's a Yankees, Red Sox, Blue Jay thing. That's yeah. The Angels are kind of they're right there. Like people like to give them crap. They're, they're no, right I mean there. no. You all having a player on your payroll that you're paying a bunch of money to, to that's playing for someone else. Oh yeah, that's usually that. that doesn't seem, the Reds. Well, I mean, get ready for it because the third highest paid player on the Reds payroll this year is Will Myers, who we just DFA. Well. I mean, at least you just cut him now. Who you just signed him this offseason, though, we right? We did. Yeah, yeah there's the big signing. The fourth highest paid player. Oh, that big, apparently. <laughs> the fourth highest paid player is Ken Griffey Jr., who has been retired since now, 2010. Now, we knew that because we made that joke earlier in the year. He was. Yep. I think, I guess before you signed Myers, he was your third highest played. Now he's fourth. Yeah. Uh, fifth is Kevin Newman. Who, who sucks? Who is <laughs> the bane of my existence right now? I don't. Even, I didn't even know who Kevin Newman was until earlier this week. Six is Luis Sessa, <laughs> who we DFA'd recently, who's no longer on the team, and then seventh is Kurt Casale, who's our like third catcher out of three behind Luke Maley. Well, no, he's second. He, he's, he, he's your, he's your guy. He's your, mainly your starter when Stevenson isn't playing, isn't he? Luke Maley. Oh, I, yeah, well, yeah, but. I was thought Sally played more. I mean, I thought we were going to get rid of Kurt when we called up. Uh, you know, we had to call up uh, an arm last week. They've actually had the same amount of plate appearances, which is crazy. Like, like we. So again, out of your seven highest paid players, one Joey Votto's been hurt pretty much the entire year. Yeah, he's almost spent more time in Louisville than he is in Cincinnati. The, the uh, th- two through four are not on the team. One of five really, is like the the most disliked player on the team who gets regular playing time, and then seven is your third string catcher out of three out of three catchers. Well, that's uh, not let's not gloss over the fact that number four has been retired for a decade. Exactly, like, it, it, <laughs> it is a wild is a wild makeup of a team that is right now a half game in first place in its division. Meanwhile, the I guess the biggest surprise would be Spencer Steer, probably. I mean, Steer or like any of the rookies being as good as they are. Uh, I mean, they've just been. Like it's it's unbelievable how young. Like, I like Vado's explanation for it. it. Was like these kids they they don't know they they just don't know any better yeah, to be young. like intimidated by it. Like they just like they go out there they expect to win. It's just it's all kind of happening. But they are a hell of a lot of fun right now, and they've got a big series with the Orioles that starts tonight. I think almost the cool thing I like about your this team though is like if you when you, I mean not one hundred percent, but like especially look on the opposite side, even with the pitching staff, almost everybody came up through this Reds team as a draft yeah. pick by the Reds. Yeah. 
Uh, Myers was was an exception, which is no longer a problem to deal with. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Fraley, I think, is like maybe the only one because you got him in that Seattle trade when when you uh, the Winker uh, Suarez trade or whatever. I think you came. Uh, exactly. I think he's the only one. Everybody else, well, a Newman, which we you, we all know we don't want to hear anyway. So we I would have bet. I would have bet my life that he's going to ground as a double play because he, he is. He's <laughs> not your pitcher. I mean, Green's he's not a terrible player, but he is the least clutch red that I've seen in a long. He always <laughs> comes up in that situation. When he came up and I saw him on deck, I'm like, of nice. course it's Newman. And I was like, just strike out, just just strike out, just don't ground it, into a double play. Yeah, saying it right, Newman. Newman. <laughs> oh, you're pitching. I mean, Green's draft pick, Ashcraft draft pick, Ladolo. Ladolo draft pick, uh, Abbott draft pick. Yeah, these are all arms Luke that have Weber come was, our system. Luke Weber was the Seattle trade. That, and also the guy that we nobody else wanted. That, yeah. yeah. We've been in Korea the last three years, and we're like, yeah, we'll take him, sure. Well, Williamson was a draft pick, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, D- D- even your bullpen, you look at Diaz's draft pick. Yeah. They've done, say what you will. I, mean, I like that. That's I like, give Nick Kroll a lot of crap, but they've drafted well in recent years for sure. And uh, now it's you know they're in a position where it's like we can go get some guys, go after it right now. Now they need Senzel to actually act like the second pick in the draft. Get him out of here. I'm I'm ready for Nick to be gone. I'm done. Sorry. Uh, we gotta go to break. We talked long there. Thornton Sexton have not even mentioned it yet. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Hit us up with your thoughts on uh, anything we missed over the last week. We'll take some texts after the break. Uh, we do have some stu- uh, stuff on the U of L front to talk about. New parking news for LNN Stadium coming up this season. Ooh, plus, and, I do have. I need your opinion on something too. A UFL men's basketball roster arrival. We're now just waiting on one more player. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up after the break. Plus, again, your text at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show back here on a Monday on 1450 and 961. Well, just 1450. The Big X. Will you help her? She seems to be looking for these on the day that I was like leaving. It just now it feels like just smacking me in the face now that I'm back. That was the point. <laughs> I'm just like, how dare you ever leave? Mind you, your, your vacation is over and it's back to the grind. I saw this earlier this afternoon and it made me it made me smile. Um, the, the the fine folks over there at Cardinal Authority, Jody Demling and Michael McCammon, they put out their guesses for the starting five for Kenny Payne's second level men's basketball team. I was like, we're here. We made it. It's one. It's a mile we marker were doing of the that off two season. Two months ago, <laughs> it's a mile marker of the off season. We can't be that far away when we're doing starting lineups here. Oh, good lord! Will Dennis Evans start as a true freshman at the five? Day one, no. Three maybe. hours of this coming your way on Wednesday. <laughs> can't wait. Uh, the Thornton Sex Line is 502-414-1450. Reminder, every combination. download the Refreshing Rewards app today. It's going to give you the best deals of the summer at any one of the 89,192 area Thornton's locations. Download that bad boy. Save yourself some money at the pump every time you need to fuel up. Save yourself some uh, money inside when you pick up a Thornton's Tasty Treat or an 89-cent fountain drink of 32 ounces or smaller. And then text us at 502-414-1450. I had to go to Thornton's this morning. 
they got to around about 10, about 10, 30, 11. I, I went up there and got my mom some coffee uh, from Thornton's because she you know, don't have electricity. And I bought some uh, bag of ice uh, to put. Uh, we have uh, her, one of her cats uses, takes insulin and in the fridge out where I was praying mm. maybe. Overnight, I was letting it go, but I, I bought a bag of ice to pour over it so it would stay cold. What's your go-to so real quick? Hopefully get electricity. Say what? Real quick. When you're on a road trip, you don't want to stop at a fast food place. You just want like a snack from... Um, a Thornton's or a gas station. What's your go-to gas station snack? Ooh, um, I, I I lean towards the uh, the mini donuts. I'm a pastry guy. Pick the mini ho- donuts on the way back. The, yeah, the hostess don't like whether donuts. S- sometimes you'll get lucky and get. You know, usually it's just chocolate, you know, chocolate vanilla or uh, like I guess just the night glaze, but um, the brown kind. Yeah, but sometimes you'll get a good gas station. You'll get they'll have the strawberry shortcake ones. They have some, now they have like crunchy ones. Yeah, it's got they got crunchy. I can't remember what it's called, the word I'm looking for. I forget what it says. But yeah, those the strawberry ones are really good. Those are good. I am a pastry guy. Um, it depending on my mindset. I have been known to uh, attack the Slim Jim aisle. Love the jerky. Yeah, jerky. Not not jerky as much because jerky is so damn expensive. Jerky so expensive. I don't know why it's, it's that expensive. So outrageous. But I love it. And here's I do the, too. Here's the other thing, because that's my go-to. Beef jerky is my go-to. Jerky's and donuts, man. It's basically we have to stop every half an hour. Well, I'm not not not, not together. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> the smell, though, nothing bothers my wife more than the smell of beef jerky, which I get. If, oh, you, yeah, if you're not horrible. the one eating it yourself, but like she can't. I I always try to wait until like she's asleep to open it up. Like I hadn't even fully opened it. I like, barely cracked the seal, and she's like, "Oh my god!" From the back, I was like, "You were snoring five seconds she ago." Would, she probably hates Slim Jim smell. It's even worse. I was like, "Did this wake you up? How do how do you even know?" <laughs> but uh, I, I got some beef jerky, big Chex Mix guy as well. Yeah, yeah I'm not as Chex. Gardettos, oh, delicious. I'll, sometimes I'll go for the chips, but not often. Usually, I'm more of a pastry guy. Uh, maybe a muffin or something from there. Usually, something a zing. Are they zing? I think they're called zingers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, usually something the hostess, usually something with the sugar in it because he said, if you're on a road trip, you need something to kind of get you pepped up, you know, so I, I, you don't really want anything else. I usually, I'm not a big going on the chocolate side. Maybe grab a Kit Kat or something, maybe sure. one, but yeah. I'm glancing at the text line and I'm seeing like, God, I mean, KRC has had no shortage of stuff. I talked about like being out of town for a week where there wasn't much going on in the UFL world. There's not been a break for Kentucky fans recently. Like you've got, well, now, yeah, they got Reeves back, Re- and that's what I'm saying. Like they've had news constantly oh, yeah, this summer. Oh, yeah. Reeves back, and then you know the, the one big national story as far as like college basketball, college sports are concerned. Last week that I would have liked to have talked about was you know, Bob Huggins, uh, all that. But did that happen last week? Or did that happen while you were gone? It happened while I was gone. Okay, so I can't remember if we talked about the DUI or not. It was that not. weekend. Like, like I found out okay. about it I think as I was driving. It happened, and I found out about when like the, the details came out as I got to Hilton Head. But like now, them potentially getting Trey Mitchell yeah. and the West Virginia players it's that a are done transferring. Deal, isn't it? it sounds like it. Yeah, that's what I thought. So like they've had no shortage of stuff to talk about. I'm I'm seeing their text. I'm kind of jealous. Like they've had a bunch of fun stuff to talk about. But uh, Texter says five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Chip Patterson of CBS picks U of L to win nine games and beat UK. Nice. Smart guy. Somebody was texting something about him saying something. He said somebody else sent a Chip Patterson text in last week about him saying, giving praise a little bit over something. I can't remember what it was now. Chip Patterson knows ball. We know that for a fact. <laughs> Texas, thank God Mike's back. Please, no more UK hosts in all caps. <laughs> so, so Scoots is okay, I guess. Well, look, every non 
UK host, I think, works for ESPN Louisville. <laughs> that has time to go. They took them all. Everybody. Yeah. They're all gone. It's, I mean, we didn't talk like T- – Monday we talked almost zero sports with TJ. I mean, we spent more most time – I heard some, some alien talk. The, there was alien talk. We, we discussed the Orca gangs. Uh, we just <laughs> the, the killer whale gangs. Yeah, like, I don't know why I pictured like the danger zone playing as they're like they're like floating through the ocean, going after people. Uh, and then we talked about, uh, of course, the Titanic thing, which I yeah. guess uh, they're they're lost, right? Like, well, they, I think they. Yeah, I mean, I know they're gone, but they ne- they haven't found the sub at all, right? Well, they found pieces of it. Okay, oh, so it must have okay. It imploded. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't tried. Got. I mean, I just I figured they were gone. Uh, yeah, that was pretty much pretty much the whole talk. Yeah, I don't think sports came up at all. And with with Roush, I guess some sports he did bring Bobby Regan on for a little bit. He asked me for a Regs number. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and we had him on for a set for for a little bit. But I mean, other than the the talking trash about you about UK football, we didn't, there weren't a lot of sports in that day either. Or right, I take it back. I don't know if he asked me for a number or Regs. I was. At the I think he has Regs. I think Regs hit me up and was like. Is it cool if I come on your show <laughs> or something like that? And was like, can I talk to? Her? I was like, yeah, go for it. I don't care. I don't remember what it was. I think Bobby texted me about coming on the show. I think I brought up more trash talk because I'm the one that even during the interview brought up the fact that I'm kind of certain that Patino will win more games at you know St. John's this year than Kenny will win his first two years combined. And I, I thought Bobby was kind of standoffish. I think he was. Yeah, he was like afraid to like be him street self. He was like, oh no, it's a pretty good chance. Like, yeah, it's not the Bobby Ring I used to hear on KRC. He'd be on here like Tino's gonna just drop a turd on the first two years of Kenny Payne. Now, uh, naturally, the second text we've had of the show is Angry Man. Is Angry Guy? Angry Guy. Yeah. I mean, he's been waiting for this. Last week, he was so upset. <laughs> I don't even know if he texted in last week. He I think was he was so, so mad. I think he took a vacation with you. Uh, I mean, we did say on Friday, it looks like Trevor's mom is my boo, and then said, Trevor, why didn't you load yesterday's show? Even when I'm gone, he just he's desperate okay. for Mike I, Rutherford show. He asked me why I couldn't load the show. I said I was had to go to a therapist to talk about the Texas you're banging my mom. <laughs> he said it ain't chestiness. Y'all have been bums for the better part of a decade. You have a good coach now. Sorry, you idiots defended bum Satterfield. Ain't our fault. And I don't know if Andrew actually listened to the show. Because we were not the ones defending Scott Satterfield. I mean, two years ago, I got caught up in that, that little run we made with the three-game streak, with the Syracuse, the Duke game. Yeah, I mean, we all wanted to win. Yeah, and I, was, I got, I got, I got chesty. I got a little. I, I drank too much of the Kool Aid. Last year, I think you and I were both very much. Yeah. Oh, well, last year I was done. Yeah. Uh, Angry Guy also said before that, just want to give a huge shout-out to Bob Huggins for being a raging alcoholic. Without him destroying his liver night in and night out, the Cats would be favored for a 2024 <laughs> NIT berth. Proof that not all DUIs are bad. I'm not. I'm not going to defend him, but it's, it blows my mind how they're like. There's twenty, like twenty-two years between his DUIs. Was that long? He had the first one like in '01. I don't think it was that long ago. I it was why he was in Cincinnati. But I thought he had one when he was in, in Kansas State. No, he, the, the the reports said it was his first one since the one in Cincinnati. Like, but it's the time between his DUIs. Someone could have been born and been now legal to drinking. I'm not, I'm not excusing the DUI. I'm just saying it's just like some of the reports is kind of like he's a, obviously has a problem. He got a second DUI. Two thousand four, like, yeah. Yeah, it's almost twenty years between people. It's like, yeah, I still think though that like if you, I mean, it's bad timing on top of the whole radio interview thing. Clearly, exactly. I mean, I know that. I'm just if you've ever had a DUI in your life though, and you're that drunk and you're driving, I think it tends to indicate that you've got a 
pretty serious problem. Again, you're talking about 20 years in between. I mean, yeah, but you know how much you stand <laughs> to lose. And like, he's still, oh, I know. And he's I, not I, just drunk. He's three times over the legal limit. He's talking about, he thinks he's, he can't name what city he's in. Well, he, he, thought, he thought he just left the Burger King from like, it was Columbus. Like, yeah, no. It was 180 uh, miles away. <laughs> well, I don't think it was Columbus. Well, I thought it was a town in he's, Pennsylvania. He kept saying he thought he was in Columbus. Yeah. And, when the, and then he showed a Burger King receipt from a, town in Pennsylvania that was 28 miles from where he'd been. Yeah. And when they asked him how he got from there to here, he had no idea. I mean, he's, yeah. That, he's that's outside of Taylor Swift concert. Typically <laughs> in an indication that you've got a pretty serious problem, especially when you know, like, he's got a lifeline that not many coaches would get after the, the radio incident. Like, you, you have a zero-tolerance situation on your hands, and for him to even risk it, I think, just goes to show that he's... I mean, you could have two isolated incidents, and I, I'm not saying, I'm not defending him saying he has, doesn't have a problem. I'm just saying... You, the, you can't use the, the other DUI as like a. I mean, there's 20 years almost in between. It's those can be literally just two isolated incidents. Yeah, still, man. I mean, I don't think it is coming from a family Huggins. of alcoholics. I think they've all they've all said if you if you're willing to do it once, it can be a it can be a mistake. If you're doing it twice, with that, it doesn't matter how much time is between them. You've got a a pretty serious problem. I think that it's just yeah, especially given the radio stuff on top of it. No, I mean the time yeah the timing couldn't be worse. I mean. Yeah, that's that's I, I get that. Texas says Trevor thinks that obnoxious starts with an A. That's all that you missed last week, Mike. Just kidding. The shows were still entertaining, but just in different ways. I don't think I, I never said obnoxious started with an A. He says at the beginning of the Roush show, you said that you thought obnoxious started with an A. I don't remember saying that. No, I know I, I knew. No, 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 no. I, I'm. Uh, did I say that? <laughs> it sounds like something. You I know, said. It's, it's, it does, but I'm pretty sure I know how to spell. I knew it starts with a no. Texture says, not sure if it was Scoots or someone else who had the strong take that the U of L defensive line has been depleted because the only player on it whose name he knew was Ashton Gelade. I responded with the above text. Not sure if it was read on air eventually or not. I am very confident that the D line this year would hope for some argument from Trevor uh, to these types of ignorant statements on the Rutherford show. Yeah, it, was, it was Roush, by the way. Yeah, I mean, Des Tell was a starter all last year. Yeah, Des Tell. Jermaine Lolay's back. Lolay's the, the only one I, I can't, like, defend. As a, I mean, he, he, I don't I'm, I know you, you're high on him. I've had a lot of – everyone at Texan always brings his name up. But, I mean, the guy played, like, half a game last year. And, but, I'm saying, but he also was all packed well in, in a NFL draft prospect at Arizona State. So I just, if he's healthy, you assume he's going to be pretty You good. would hope. I mean, again, what happens when you make an assumption, though? Yeah, I mean, exactly. But I still think that you can throw him out there as a reason to be excited about it. I mean, Louisville's, if you're looking at Louisville's defense, the defensive line is the one area where I think you should feel the yeah, most confident. But in. I don't think you even need to throw in Lole in there to, to still have confidence. I think you have enough. No, yeah, I mean, uh, Ramon Perrier played a ton last year. Yeah. He's back. Uh, Toffee Thomas. Tell, you mentioned. Yeah, it oh, yeah. should be really good. Mason Rogert played a ton last year. He's back. You've, I think you feel good about the defensive line at, at least through the first two Depths. I think the I think the two deep there is really really strong. Um, Jared Dawson's back there, linebacker. I think that's the area where you're kind of concerned. Secondary, you did a ton to go out in the transfer portal to help, and I think you feel good about that now. But you definitely like as far as bringing guys back. Defensive line is the one area on defense where I think you brought the most back from. from Nothing makes your linebackers look better than a good defensive line, especially in this game. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, 4 o'clock hours up next, we'll get to more of your texts. We'll talk about uh, Karan Davis being in town. We'll talk about this new change to the parking setup for football this season. Uh, all this good stuff and more coming your way on hour number two of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. <laughs> 
have no idea what the song is. You know every single word. I just know the chorus. This the song is about Matthew Sweet. I know one Matthew Sweet song. Uh, Girlfriend. Say what? Girlfriend. No. Uh, he did the uh, Farther Down. The, the song that's in, it's in um, Can't Early Wait. Farther down, I'm desperate for Oh, I didn't even make, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Girlfriend's like I think his most popular song. But this was this was the one I just remember I had this CD because my uh I picked it I acquired it without paying for it. And uh Nice. Yeah, thank you. Which which I probably it's well deserved. Andy does not look like what I think he looked This is the only song, yeah. He's married to Suzanne. The reason I idolize this guy, he's married to Suzanne Hoff, uh, Huffs from um the Bengals. The lead singer, the really? Oh God, yes, and she still looks good for fifty. Um, but this was the only. This like was kind of a popular song around ninety four, maybe. Uh, not for long, and it just I always thought it was kind of catchy. So it's really sick of myself. For can I say real quickly, like when you said she still looks good for fifty? I think she's in her fifties. Yeah, I still like you know I have this mentality. Uh, you know, you think about like you're still like a kid. And like when you say that, I'm like, you're 43, I'm 38. Like, wait, <laughs> like, like we, you know, I don't know if we get to say that anymore. Like, I mean, do we still look good for 38 and 43? No, I didn't look good at 20. Yeah, <laughs> she's uh, she's 64 and she is still banging. There you go. I mean, that's not to be all, you know. Listen, white doesn't age well, okay? <laughs> Especially the ladies. No offense, ladies. So when you got one that gets over 60 and still looking good. That's a keeper. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even know what to say that. Some life lessons for you. <laughs> Besides you, I'm just throwing it out there. Aging like a fine wine. I mean, yeah. Her, I mean, her and Annie Potts right now. Little menage a trois. Okay, that's enough. We. <laughs> I so, mean, we regret coming back and doing the show. I, I wouldn't blame you. Right, so I got. I got to ask your. Uh, advice here now because this has gotten even okay. more interesting with the news I received over the break. Okay, so I, I, I formed just over the break. I went on my uh, my outage map, and apparently now they're telling me my electricity won't be back on until tomorrow by midnight. Oh God! And that Which, means like at the earliest. Yeah, exactly. Um, I guess I'm glad they're at least giving me a time now because since last night it's just been like accessing damage. So. Obviously, the question isn't, you know, whether I ditch the dogs and my mom at the house with no air conditioning and go to a hotel. That's a given. The question I have, <laughs> the ethical dilemma that I am going through here is that, okay, so I told you earlier in the show, I, you know, I bought this pay-per-view, end up watching on my phone. I mean, I, Insight, does, I, I deserve to get this on my, in my Spectrum account, right? Like, yeah, it, when my, I would say so. When my power comes back on, let's say, for Bleeps and Giggles Thursday... Um, which right now at this point I'm about to be watching looks like Dynamite in a hotel. Uh, Kim, say I get back on Thursday. I mean, I call Spectrum and be like, "Hey, because to watch a you know to reorder it like a replay, I'd have to pay again for it. Like I should get like the credit, right?" I would say so. You paid for it. You didn't get to watch it. Yeah. I didn't. They, I mean, they don't know I watched it on a bootleg. I mean, because also I want to be able to record it and have it on my DVR. So whenever I want to go back and watch, I have all the AEW papers on my DBR. A texture does want you to repeat the fact from early in the show that said you spent four hours watching a pay-per-view in your car. Well, not, That's a true fact. Almost. I spent actually about two hours in my car, and then the last two hours I went home watch, inside and watched it. So I did, I didn't, I didn't only watch about half of it, but I watched the whole thing on my phone. I didn't want to eat up my whole battery on my car. Did Orange Cassidy away? 
Orange Cassidy did win, and kind of had a heel thing. He did a heel thing where the somebody got hit with the finisher, and when he and he went and pushed the guy out of the ring real quick, and then pinned the guy he got hit with it. Mm, I'm following a little heel turn. It's a little. It's, it's not a turn. Now Jack Perry, the the son of the late Luke Perry. Okay, complete heel turn. He hurt. He turned. He's Jungle Boy, right? He's no. Right? I think he's going to be. A lot of the rumors are he's going to go, going to start calling himself Hollywood Jack Perry when he goes uh. heel. And it's going to be, it could be really good. He turned on Hook. Hook is the legitimate son of uh, Taz, who I'm sure you know. Uh, familiar with Taz. Yeah, Taz. Hook is, Hook Rufio, is hugely Rufio, over. Rufio. Go Hook. Uh, when he clotheslined Hook, Taz is on the announce table, and he just goes, what the bleep? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, what did that scumbag just do? Classic I mean, he, Taz. He, he sold it so well. It was great. Um, but no, Orange didn't. He did a little heel thing, but he, I don't think he's going heel. He looked really good. Um, it was a great show all, all together. I mean, I, mean, um, I would have paid sixty dollars just to watch the Omega Osprey match. I, I honestly would. Just, just that match alone was worth okay. the whole. We need to wrap this up. That's it was all worth it. You can't have much time. We got sports. That's fine. At three hours, That's you're on vacation, brain. <laughs> I'm not. So, so you don't think it's bad of me to call Spectrum and be like, "Hey, I should get," and I shouldn't get any backlash for this, right? You shouldn't. No, I, I'm with you. I think that's the pain of having to go through the like, getting a person on the phone. Now, do I think it's going to work for you? No. But in an ideal world, yes, you should be able to have it. <laughs> you don't think they're going to give it to me? No. It's Spectrum. It, it, dealing with any sort of TV provider, you should go in expecting the absolute bare minimum. I, I, is, it bad enough, is it bad enough they, they raise like my rates every year? Like, I get punished for being a loyal customer. I know. It's, look, it's, it's a scam. It is. It's like well, if you just drop us and like re- get it, re- re- pick us up. You'll get it at half the price. Well, and we, people, t- they tell young adults just getting into the workforce that are trying to best manage their money. Like one of the, 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 the kind of the tips you can you're supposed to do is every couple of years you change TV providers. Cause it's the way to get the best deals. And if you don't, which you're right, like you, you'd think that they would reward loyalty instead. Oh. They just they, re- they they create these non-existent hikes that you know, up your bill by ten dollars every couple of years. Oh, they jack up your your cable box price like ten bucks a year every. And year. I get that it's, it's the most financially like, rational thing to do is change the provider every couple of years. Make sure you're getting the best possible price. For me though, like having to deal with the cable company and doing their own their whole like we'll be at your house sometime between nine a.m. Uh, and, and eight p.m. and then it taking like two weeks without TV and all stuff. It's worth however much extra that I'm paying a year to just not have to go through that hassle. Then, like, I, I, if you told me, like, you get to be without TV and internet or one of the two for, like, a week, and then they're going to come in, they have to take the dish down, they'll put in, like, the new system, all the stuff, and, like, I'm like, I'll pay you $40 just to not have that happen. <laughs> so that's the, the way that I justify not, like, like getting, like, understandably reamed by my TV provider, but just not changing. I'm the same way, in a, in a fashion, but kept asking me why I don't cut the cord, and I probably would. But I'll pay an extra 50, 60 bucks a month of my bill to not every day have to hear my mom go, I can't get this to work. There's that too. There's this, I, I want this. I'll, and, 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 and we've discussed this. My mother is, she stubs her toe. Her leg is being amputated. It's just like, <laughs> like the remote, this thing just broken. It doesn't work. Nothing ever. Like I, I would have to go through that four or five times a day. I will pay a hundred bucks extra a month not to deal with that. I blame you. And so, and business of my friends don't understand. They're like, oh, I can't be like, no, you have no idea. I I, just, I know how it would be. I, God love her. She just doesn't. I put a Roku on her TV like six months ago. She still hasn't figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I want to watch the, 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 the crown. I'm like, 
So I buy a Roku. I put it on her TV, hook it all up. I'm like, this is how you do it. That's like six months ago. She doesn't, she still hasn't figured it out. I'm so I'm not dealing with internet TV with my mom. Hard left turn here. But have you seen the, the the images that have been going around of the octopus that was dead and coming out of a toilet in a public park in Southern Indiana, Columbus, Indiana? Okay, you just creeped me out to ever sit on a public toilet now. Well, that would be just was somebody on the bath toilet when it happened. That's the thing. Nobody knows how it got there. Nobody knows if it came like through the sewer system or if like somebody had an octopus that died and they put it in the in the toilet as a thing. But <laughs> randomly, it's an octopus. Regard, I, I just saw WDW wrote a story for it, and let, let's all just agree that it's good to see a story like that get some ink. Mike Rutherford would no longer be with the Big X Sports Radio after that. <laughs> I mean, that's the story's a good story to bring up. You only did it for that joke. <laughs> Eight paragraphs long. Eight paragraphs long. <laughs> it is a crazy story. Like the images That's are all, insane. But the yeah. picture is all over the place. You can find it. I'm sure pretty well, quickly. Where's have you retweeted it in any way? I have not. But if you just want to like, if you just type in Indiana octopus, <laughs> I'm pretty confident it's going to pop right up for you. I'm curious what will come up if it doesn't. Yeah, it's in a, in a park. It's just like you know the. Uh, Six of its tentacles are just hanging out of that toilet. Okay, okay. I'm gonna, you're going to make octopus. O-C-T-A-P-U-S? Nope, nope. O-C-T-A-P-U-S. Once again, the O versus A has gotten the best. No, there's the octopus does not start with an A. It does not. It's O-C-T. The I, second one is where you got hung up. I? No. <laughs> Octopus. <laughs> Octa, it's an A, right? No. It's an O? It's an O. Oh. Octa means eight. It's... Oh, yeah, I guess that would make sense, here's, right? Here's the picture for you. I can't see that from here. Yeah, you know I'm blind. It's not that far away. Uh, but oh, it, good Lord. Yeah, I'm telling you. Now, that, it's a crazy story. In fairness, that does look like a toilet that no one should be sitting on anyway. This is true. But like, if, if there was a toilet in this area that would have produce a dead octopus, it'd probably be this okay, one. I, have, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I consider myself a, a, a decent road traveler over my 40 years. I've been doing road trips my entire life since I was 16. I've stopped in some really sketchy bathrooms in my day. Okay. In some middle of nowhere places. If I walked in and saw that, I don't know how I'd react. Can, can you imagine? That's, like, can that's you imagine? the best. That's, this is the biggest part of the story. Is the person who walked in and found the dead octopus hanging out of the toilet like, and I, their reaction. Like, I don't even know. Like, I think my first reaction wouldn't be as an octopus. My first reaction is like, what the hell did that dude eat? I would be like, like he's not what's... a baby. Like, like, what's going on? I mean, you don't you don't expect to walk into a, a bathroom in Indiana and be like, oh, yeah, that's it's a dead octopus. Now, was it, a, was it a gas station bathroom? or it's, a, it's at a park. Okay, so it's one of those kind of bathrooms. Okay. Yeah, public I like park. how it's got a metal rim and it's got a, a, plastic, a plastic seat. That's how all those public park bathrooms are. Oh, is it? Are. Okay. Yeah. A lot of I try to metal, avoid yeah. going in public bathrooms. I don't blame you. Bathrooms. Uh, I mean, that's... I mean, Mill you, Race Park. Could you imagine the name just, of the park. Like, say you're in the park. You've been playing a, a, a front nine of some uh, froth, okay? okay? You got a good little golf froth buzz going on. You walk in just to take a quick bathroom break. I mean, you got to be thinking you're just tripping... Tripping, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, boom, octopus in your face. I mean, I would just also like it, it, <laughs> first glance. Call? First glance, you're not sure that it's dead. You're like, is what is that thing? I'm not, <laughs> I don't like, I'd probably just back out and like pretend that I didn't see it and don't tell anybody. I'd be so rattled, I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> I would tell somebody, but I would probably back out slowly. I'd be like, I don't want, I who would, do you even tell at that point? Like, like, do, 
Do I call the governor? Is this why we have? Is this why we have governors? I mean, they've got to have like a park ranger, right? I, I, how do you access a park ranger? Do I call Ranger Rick? Is is this why he exists? Smokey the Bear? I don't, I've got no idea where to go to. Is there a ranger on duty at a public park? No. I, and who? And who? I mean, do I call? I, I feel it would feel like a biggest idiot of all time calling nine one one to report an octopus at a park bathroom. But I wouldn't know where to go. I would want no part of this. It's too messy. Just I, I pretend I saw nothing. I wouldn't tell anybody. I would carry the secret to my grave. I mean, you, you got to think the nine one one guy is going to hang up on you, right? Yes. Like, this is not, this is not. <laughs> I mean, if you go up to a cop and be like, "Excuse me, officer." There's an octopus hanging out of the toilet. I mean, he's going to arrest you for drugs. I'm not a marine life expert, <laughs> yeah, I'm not but I'm pretty confident that I just spotted an octopus hanging out of a bathroom in this park in, in southern Indiana. Uh, I mean, so is the head in the toilet? It's what it appears. It, 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 the tentacles are just hanging out, which leads me to believe that somebody placed it there. Which oh, also, I had to have, yeah. Which I begs mean. even more questions about the entire story. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> How did they get this octopus? Who that, did they just do this to get some national attention? Can you buy an octopus at a pet store? No. I mean, is Columbus, Indiana, is that near Detroit? I mean, I don't think so. Don't, don't they sell? Don't they sell octopuses just like at the Red Wings games? Ooh, maybe this is, this is a hockey. Because I mean, they've always thrown. I mean, where do they get those from? Do they hand them out when there's a hat trick at, at, at bay? I mean, wh- where do you get these octopuses in Detroit? Which is one of the weirdest things in all sports, if you really it think is, about yeah, it. it. Just throwing weird. octopi on the, uh, on, on the ice. I mean, just throw your hat, dude. But, I mean, where does <laughs> – I mean, I, would, would you feel safer knowing that someone put it there and left? I'm assuming it was already dead because, I mean, you're putting its head in the water is not going to drown it. It's an octopus. Right. Or would you feel creeped out more that it just, like, crawled out from – Inside the toilet and just like that's as far as it get before it died. I, I already know that people are psychopaths, so I, I'd feel more comfortable knowing that a human being did this than I would. Like, I think it's pretty big. I don't want an octopus coming out of the toilet and just. I mean, could you? I don't know what it would s- do, but I, I don't. I don't. I don't want one of those tentacles anywhere near my butt. I mean, I mean, I'm just saying. Pictures just sitting down the toilet, scrolling through Twitter on your phone, just having a good little relaxing me time in the bathroom away from the family. Next thing you feel a little tingle on the butt. Playing Wordle and I just got a tentacle on my butt. <laughs> just playing play little words of friends with the in-laws. It's like my biggest fear. I think I've talked about my fear of of toilet snakes before. I mean, because every now and then you'll see a picture of like, oh, this this crawl out of my toilet. Like I don't want no. Like I I will I check still like when I'm if I'm pooping. I don't want to see. Imagine an octopus. I, no, terrified. I mean, worse just happened on that toilet. What's next? Like, you take the chance of having to sit on that toilet, then that happens. God. I mean, that sounds like something out of a bad, like, B-horror B movie. It's like, boring. the octopus that came up to the toilet, like, impaled the guy with a prostate exam. <laughs> Are you worried about World War III? We're, no, I'm worried about octopi and toilets. <laughs> Giant crocodile, <laughs> not to be feared. Sharknado, huh, yesterday's news. Bear crawling out of the ocean in Destin. Co- cocaine bears, nothing to worry about. Octopus in the toilet, though. Octopus, uh, never hover again in safety. I can't. It's your tagline. Not a world that I want to live in. That'd be a great, that'd be a good movie. Everyone's been talking about Cincinnati Reds uh, for the past uh, week and a half or so. Have you seen the, the eerie coincidence of headlines that the Louisville Colonels have been getting? Uh, I did see you tweet something yeah. about it. I guess that the Reds or someone. There have been a couple of things that have happened in the recent weeks that have brought up stats that involve the Louisville Colonels. The first one was. Well, for the record, the Colonels had some historical <laughs> moments in their short tenure. They in did. The 1800s, yeah. So did the Louisville Grays. Um, yeah. 
most famously corruptly uh, throwing a World Series. Didn't didn't I think when Nick Roush is like one of his ancestors fell asleep in the outfield when he played for him. That sounds like a Roush. Like I'm not kidding either. He, like he's known for it. he fall he fell asleep in the outfield during a game. The first set that came up, this was last week when the Reds were on their winning streak. The Reds have won 11 straight games, which was the team's longest streak since winning 12 in 1957. They ended up winning 12. Uh, after that, but Cincinnati joins the 1890 Louisville Cardinals as the only franchises in MLB history that have had an 11-game win streak a year after losing 100 games. Boom. Nice. And then yesterday. it's a great stat to look up. The Rockies, they, they had the game where they were down 24 nothing to the, the Angels after three innings or whatever the other day. The Rockies won their weekend series with the Angels despite a minus-20 run differential in the series, which is the second-largest negative run differential for a team that won a series in MLB history. In 1897, the Louisville Colonels won a series versus Chicago with a minus-23 run differential. And then... Chicago Cubs? It just said Chicago, so I don't know. Who knows? Uh, And then... Out of nowhere, this account that I follow, Russ Bankston, had, he was like, I'm just skimming the MLB's all-time hit leaders, and I found this person. I need to know more about him. And it was Chicken Wolf, who played for the Louisville Great Colonels, man. who famously, uh, the, the most famous thing about him is that he once hit a walk-off inside the park Grand Slam against the Cincinnati Red Stockings when a dog that had been sleeping in right field woke up and attacked the right fielder where the ball was hit, uh, not allowing him to get to the ball and allowing Chicken to round the bases with a, a inside the park home run. Uh, it also so the dog was just trying to eat chicken. I, I get your dog was just trying to eat chicken or wolf. <laughs> or wolf, yeah. And then this guy Jesse, after he saw me me tweet about this, he, he sent in this. He had found this team photo of the 1887 Louisville Colonels at an old antique store. It only cost him a dollar, and so he was like, you know what. I'm, I'm gonna buy that thing for a I'd buck. I'd have bought it. I'd have paid ten for it. That and it was he's awesome. like, it was worth it. Just looking at first of all the pic. The, the thing about the picture that stands out to me the most is almost everybody has a mustache. The two people who don't have mustaches look so embarrassed to not have mustaches. <laughs> they're like they're like staring down. They just look horrible. And then the names of the players on the team are incredible. You've got obviously you've got Chicken Wolf. You've got pitcher Icebox Chamberlain. Nice. You've got Toad Ramsey. In relation to John? No. You've got Honest John Kelly, who was the shortstop. <laughs> Hub Collins. These are names. By, these are names when names were names. Skyrocket Smith. <laughs> Guy Hecker. And that's pretty much all the all, only good ones. I think Guy Hecker's the only one without a mustache. And then it says at the, at, at the bottom of the, the picture, it says Louisville may have finished seventh that season in the league. But with Ramsey, Chamberlain, Wolf, and Smith, they certainly led the league in nicknames. Kelly, their manager, was a celebrated umpire in prior years. Imagine making an umpire your manager. <laughs> Shout out to Icebox Chamberlain, the second best icebox in sports history behind, of course, Becky the Icebox Slater from Little Giants. Oh, yeah, stop forgetting her. I want to make you – maybe this will make you feel warm and cozy. Uh, that Colonels team in 1889 that lost 100 games. Yeah. The next year they went, you know, the 12-game straight. That team would go on to finish in the World Series tied. There you go. They tied in the World Series 3-3-1. Three, three, and one Now, I think I read also that team. Versus that, the Brooklyn Bridegrooms. That, the team that lost over 100 games. They had, they had fired their manager like 40 games in the season. They made Chicken Wolf the player slash manager, and then he went like 4-60 and 60 or whatever. They finished like 21-111 and 111 or something like that. It was, an, it was an absolutely atrocious record, but then they bounced right back. This is... 
is who the Reds are trying to be right now. They're trying to be the old Louisville Colonels. But props to the Louisville Colonels getting some nice uh, some publicity this week. Bring them back. Don't be a coward, man, Fred. Bring Major League Baseball back to Louisville. I think I was looking up like hit streaks one time. I think there's one I say there's like two or three Louisville Colonels that are just like some of the few that are over like the 35 game hit streak bar. I mean, there's not many. I think maybe four. There were a couple Colonels in the uh, top like hit streak areas. Gotta be Chicken Wolf. I mean, <laughs> he's in there. Yeah, I see the, the manager situation of that hundred loss team. They had four managers that yeah, year. Yeah, the, the chicken went like four and sixty, and then they fired him. Fourteen and fifty-one. It was terrible, and then they brought in two new guys who also yeah. sucked. Yeah. Ten and sixty, and then one and six. Yeah. Uh, let's talk in the media in the middle of all this Louisville Colonels dead octopus and toilets um, nonsense. Let's talk uh, the the story that I, I thought was most interesting yesterday as I got home and settled back into Louisville oh, is oh, real quick, Frida. Okay, Jack Chapman, his nickname. On Jack Chapman, who's the manager, took over at the end Chatty. of the season. And I, I click on his on baseball reference. I know how much you love him. But I click on his page, and it says Jack Chapman, nickname, Deaf to Flying Things. <laughs> <laughs> what? Is that just a personal what, opinion? What, is that, what does that mean exactly? I don't think that's a nickname. It's more of a personal credo. I mean, it's... Does that mean, like, birds are nowhere near like, around the stadium, or...? He was very much against the Wright brothers. I don't know. <laughs> Not a fan. I kind of like it. It's better than just using your initial, your first initial and of your first name and first three letters of your last name. Anyways, <laughs> shout out to the Louisville Colonels. Thanks for the memories. We still love you to this day. Uh, we do. Yesterday we found out officially. and There have been, been talk that this was going to happen for a while now, but Cron Davis put to bed any rumors of him potentially not making it here for whatever reason, arrived on UofL's campus on Sunday, Posted it on social media. He's here. That means that all uh, 12 of the 13 scholarship players for next season are on campus. Tyler Johnson, the last signee, uh, the freshman point guard who had been committed to Memphis before committing here, is the only player who has not arrived on campus. Um, I know there have been some questions about grades. We know that he graduated from school. My understanding has been that the staff, uh, he had a later than, he goes to one of those schools that does the weird kind of timing for their start and end dates. Uh, his graduation was just way later than everybody else, so he was waiting for that. He will be on campus, according to people at UofL, uh, before the end of the month. At least that's their expectation now. It sounds like the great issues they think have been resolved, and he will be here. So it, it, it still it strikes me as strange that Louisville was going after Simeon Wiltshire and, and you know, when they didn't have a scholarship available, if there wasn't something going on there with, with Johnson or somebody else. But Tyler Johnson, it sounds like, will be here at some point. But not yet. And Cron Davis is here. He was playing in the Drew League. I uh, saw some highlights of him looking pretty good a couple of uh, last week at one point. So good. Cron Davis, the mystery, the mystery man still. Uh, at least the first part of that mystery has been resolved. He's here. He's on the team. Now let's see if he can play basketball. Let's do Can't it. wait. Very excited. I'm Does he crack your starting five, Trev? <laughs> not at this moment. Not at this moment. Sorry, Dana Manning. <laughs> I think I'm more intrigued to see Karan Davis than anybody on this you have team. You're starting? No, Bob, no my, Nick Evans is, is, is my, my problem. Well, that or... Nick uh, Evans? No, no, team. Dennis Evans. <laughs> Straightpinky.com. <laughs> was that what that's right now? Yeah, yeah he, did, he did the shirts. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He, he still does that stuff, doesn't he? The Saturday... Didn't he do the Sunday Hangover or something the show was called? Saturday Hangover? No. Um, Nick Kern does that. Oh, that's Nick Kern. Oh, okay, Kern. Baker. Okay. They do that show. Damn, Nick's. There's too many of them. Um... <laughs> no, I was a Dennis or uh, I can't forget his name is Dennis. He's the big D, um, or the uh, um, 
you're reclassified. I'm brain farting right now. Trent Flowers? Thank you. That's the other one I'm most intrigued, not not Karan Davis. I mean, I, I, obviously, I'm the, I think the freshman most people's answer, but Karan Davis is just such a mystery man to me. I want to know if this guy can play. I, I, I just want to know if he exists. Well, we know he exists. He's here now, but I, I can't wait. He's just a, has such a – he's got a recruiting background that, like, major conference basketball has just never really seen before. And he's either going to be this just crazy story if he's a pleasant surprise or this what the hell are we doing, I think, nugget for the fans that have been – very critical of this coaching staff so far to latch on to if this season doesn't go well. Um, I, I, I want him and Danilo Yovanovich to be good. I, I, they've gotten Both those guys have gotten talked about so much by the fan base because they've been such huge mysteries. I'd love for them both to come in here and just be fan favorites this season, but I've got no idea if that's going to happen. We'll see. But happy to have him here. Glad that the roster is almost now complete. Uh, Tyler Johnson, the only guy that we're waiting for. Everybody else has been here. They've been working out. They've been taking part in these summer sessions and – let the speculation begin as far as which ones are going to start, who's going to be good, what's going to happen, bing, bang, boom. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll take more of your texts on the Thornton Sex line at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show return episode here on Monday, June the 26th on 1450, The Big X. vacation middle of summer very much the like what do i have to look forward to now type moment which is the answer this year's football 67 days away from kickoff jeff brom and company bringing the heat we need something good to happen it's that time i guess we, we'll get a day off for fourth of july won't we next week yes yeah, it's, it's on tuesday it's kind of a weird time for it. Like, so do we come in on Monday and then just take off on Tuesday and then come think, back Wednesday? I think that's the way it works. See, that's kind of weak. We should be able to just like take Monday and Tuesday. I think we get the whole week off. If this was truly a God-loving, God-America-loving <laughs> station, <laughs> we would have the whole week off. I mean, you say America. <laughs> uh, I mean, the Bats play actually next week on Monday and on 4th of July Tuesday. They play a rare Monday game next week because the week after that, they're off all that week be for All-Star break. But uh, I won't okay. be working the uh, – I guess Josh is like, I can do the, the 4th of July game. I'm like, you all sure? Right, there we go. I don't you know, know. I told you we took the kids to the zoo yesterday. Like the first thing we hear when we get to the – first of all, there's a kid in the carousel ride behind us. So he just keeps – he's got like his – like this like flannel long sleeve button up tucked into like these long pants. It's like 95 degrees. And he just keeps saying, God bless America, like over and over as he's riding this horse on the carousel. 
And then we go to the splash pad. The very first thing we hear is we walk and we sit down. And we start changing the kids in their swimsuits. <laughs> it had to have been a grandma. She was very much older. And she's like, Ace, Axel, get the hell over here. And I was like, we are back. His name was Ace and Axel. <laughs> Greatest city in the world. That's awesome. Let's go splash pad it up. That sounds like the future tag team opponents of Duke and Fred. And, and, and it it Frank. does. It was, it, was, it was wonderful. Ace, Axel, get the hell over here. I was like, let's go. Splash pad it up. I wonder if there's any animal still alive at the zoo that was alive last time I was there. I bet the turtles were there. Turtles can live to be like 150. That's, that's true. Yeah. That's, that might They're be. looking pretty old. They're still there. I never forget, like, the one thing I always, like, you should drive me nuts. Because even when I'd go to the zoo as a kid, I'd be, you know, I'm still a little, a little hefty, a little, a little on the little chubby side. Ironically, I watched Heavyweights last night, uh, the other night. Which, and someone, someone once said, Hell is War. He's never been to fat camp. It's <laughs> a great line. Uh, but. Like I, I, even then, I got still be hot. I just remember, I remember always coming up the hill, like where the polar bear stuff is, and I was thinking to myself, God, I just want to jump in that water right there. Just, it's yeah, it's so it, enticing. It's still, trust me, I felt that way yesterday. <laughs> okay, because I remember, if I remember right, you're like you're coming up a hill, and it's like to your right or left or whatever. Like when you're coming up this like kind of hill, and it's hot, and it's like the perfect thing to see, and you're like. That would be so awesome to dip into right now. We said like 17 times yesterday, like we wish we had like a pool to go to. Right after that, it was just we're just dripping sweat. The kids are dripping sweat. It was it was tough. Was but it hot outside? Just I wouldn't. Uh, it's really hot yesterday. It was it was rough. I mean, with the storms coming through, I'm just pretty humid too. Yeah, it was, and it was one of those when the storms happened. The first after the first one went away, we like walked outside. It was like 20 degrees cooler already. I was like, Man. I didn't know how we kept having storms. All the heat was gone. But anyways, do you still do we still the elephants and stuff at the zoo? They still have elephants. They have the baby elephants. Uh, Fitz okay. he's been around for a couple of years now. He's we're watching him grow up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Camels, zebras, uh, tigers—they're all still there. All the big attractions. All the big still, got, still got the polar bear. Polar bear still there. Okay, I'm I'm sure go to the zoo sometime in the future. I hadn't been in. Well, I used to go to Brew at the zoo when they would have that, but you mm. couldn't see the animals then. Uh, but it was like always nostalgic because we went to the zoo all the time when I was growing up, and I probably hadn't been. Since like age, I don't know, nine, ten. Oh, I was probably been, I was probably ten or probably yeah. ten or eleven times. So I went and then I went to like brew at the zoo when I was probably 24, 25. and it was like amazing how I was like, oh yeah, it all kind of came back to me. I remember where everything was, and you still kind of get that feeling now. The only thing that sucks now is they don't have the train. The train was the best part. Oh, that's yeah, right there. We're gonna buy that train. It's we be are part of the big X lore. We can, you can, you can, we can set it up down the street. So when the power lines go down, we can take a train here. We'll, show, we'll take you tours. We'll show you the Colgate clock when we buy that. The old uh, toy tiger sign when Gary hooks us up with that. I think I told you this. I know I told you before as part of my Boy Scouts that I, I did a sleepover at the museum. Uh, you did. Science Museum where I slept next to the, one of the, like, the fake dinosaurs. It was awesome. Um, I actually, but that, I, I don't remember if I mentioned this. Also one of the sleepovers I did during uh, the uh, Boy Scout days was at the zoo. Oh, nice. And we got, I think, I, so I was probably maybe, what, I'm mean, third or fourth grade at the time, roughly, I think. Um, I remember we stayed in, like, the reptile, uh, the, the like, it was like with a, not the not reptile, but like the snakes and stuff and scorpions, and it was like it was kind of freaky staying in there. Yeah, I would not want to stay because I'm like I'm a kid. I'm like I'm, I wasn't as freaked out about snakes and stuff like that when I was younger. I mean, as I am now, a little more freaked out. Didn't help. I saw in a condon cable the other night too, but yeah, it's it was still yeah. Like in hindsight, I probably wouldn't do that again now. Forty year old Trevor. No, I wouldn't either. Like no, my luck. Like the grass, the, the grass, the, the glass will break in one of these things, and I wake up with a. Tarantula on my forehead. Uh, let's take some text on the Thornton's text line. 502-414-1450 is the place to hit us up. If you've got thoughts, let us know. People tell me how wrong I am about everything. <laughs> Texture says, 
Next time you go on vacation, you need to have somebody just in charge of remembering U of L players' names. Trevor didn't know who Ashton Gelade was. <laughs> I think I thought he was talking about ice cream. <laughs> the same guy is ripping you from Friday's show and Thursday's show about your NBA thoughts. Oh, he can rip me all he wants. In hindsight, I'll be shown right on that one. Your opinion about the NBA is still wrong, Trevor. You have and will continue to be proven completely wrong. Trevor, if you watched any, any NBA, you would realize Draymond is not replaceable. Oh, yeah, he he's is. just only has value for the Warriors. He's a, he's, he's a, he is a steroided version of Anthony Mason. He is a role player. Does, does Draymond have steroid rumors? I've never heard that. No, I mean, he's just I mean, he's, he's like Anthony Mason. Oh, on he, yeah, his, his reputation is steroided. Texas TK this weekend. Well, I don't think he's on Royce. He could be the way he acts. Wouldn't shock me, would it, you? He's too chubby. Yeah, it's true. Texas TK this weekend, I was at the pool from my apartment complex, and there was a woman next to me, and I wanted to engage with her, but I wasn't sure how. What's the move in this scenario so that I can get in the door with her? Well, you got you to gotta tread lightly at the pool because you can come off sounding really creepy if you're at a – she's probably in like a two-piece bikini or something. You don't want to come off too creepy in that situation. You got you to tread lightly. Um um, don't don't be like. We cannot help you put some lotion on your back. Don't be that guy. Okay, I've been that guy. Don't be that dude. Just cannonball right in front of him. <laughs> cannonball. They didn't say a lot. Thing. Say like cannonball. Ladies. <laughs> cannonball. Uh, make small talk. Get, do 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 maybe a dad joke like, oh, the water's the water's feeling fine. You know, maybe put a toe in and like just 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 but be casual. Make a little maybe a little under the radar joke. See if you can get her to crack a smile. If you can, then you're in like Flynn. Two words. Fake drowning. On <laughs> 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 Wednesday show, the, the Ryan boys told me that they've been, been working as lifeguards, and I asked them if they'd peppercorned anybody <laughs> so far. And they're like, no. I don't think they understood what I meant either. <laughs> These, they're, they're doing it at Blairwood. We're joining Blairwood, I think, so we're going to see them out there. I don't I even know what that is. It's, it's like pool. I uh, pool oh. like tennis and they've got pickleball and stuff. Where is that? Where is it though? Is it like St. Matthews? No, it's it's kind of close. Okay. It's it's off the the highway. Um Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know that's really ridiculous. You can see it from the highway. I've just never heard of I've never even heard of that name. That's what I was just like kind of like took off guard a little bit. But I can't wait to like make my kids like fake drown just to get Patrick in the pool. <laughs> you gonna let my kid drown? Do something, Patrick. I'm not getting her. <laughs> But there's a that's, there's your sage advice from Trevor Kelsey. Yeah, just just uh, make make a casual joke, see if you can crack a smile. But what oh, would you go with? Look her in the eyes. Don't 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 tread down. I know it's going to be hard to do, but keep the eyes up. I always feel like in that situation, the best way to go is, is like find somebody that you can make fun of together. Yeah, I mean it's just it's a hard. If pick. someone's wearing like an outrageous bathing suit, you can be like, oh, I was going to wear that. <laughs> I almost wore the same suit. See, that's a that's a good yeah. that's a good ice breaking joke. You got to do something not too creepy because it's a hard situation to pick up. Because most women are going to the pool, they're not going, they're going to relax. They don't really want to be bothered. Would you like some of my goldfish? <laughs> I have cheeses. <laughs> Did you hear about that octopus coming out of the bathroom in Indiana? <laughs> I mean, don't 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 make don't make some kind of crude reference to a dolphin in the blowhole. Okay, yeah. I'm just avoid that altogether. 
Texture says, are there any whispers from early basketball sessions? I'm sure there are. There are none coming to me. I can tell you that much right now. Do you want to? Be- would you believe them if you heard them or want to hear well, them? Well, that's the thing. So, like, I, I, nobody is talking to me from basketball, which is fine. That's <laughs> Welcome the, to my world. That is totally fine. I'm playing, I, I think this is because of me. I have no issue with that whatsoever. Last year, like, the few murmurs that I did hear wound up being, like, not at all reflective of the way that things were going to go. Like, I did hear that, that practices were bad from people who were attending the open practices. But as far as individuals, like, all I was hearing this time last year was Kamari Lands was, like, the big standout, and he was looking like not a freshman, and he's going to be terrific. And then he had a, I think, a, a less than stellar freshman year, which did not help us. But, you know, there were most of the stuff that I guys, when they started opening the practices up to former players, to, to season ticket holders, to donors, to all that stuff, and then, like, almost to a man. People would text me and be like, "It's it's it's not good. It's not looking it's not looking good." Now I wasn't thinking four and twenty eight. I don't think anybody was, but I think it was that was my first indication that this was probably not going to be like an NCAA tournament bounce back or anything like that. Um, but as far as the early sessions, they've been all closed to my knowledge, and I've not not heard anything. But I do like to analyze the videos that they put out there, like the ninety cent video, second videos. I love breaking it down frame by frame. And we'll continue to do that all summer long. Texas Grippo's beef jerky is fire. Yeah, but you don't find Grippo's too often on a road trip, depending on where you're at. You don't. Yeah, very you're not going to get regional. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to go chips, you're not because I think we've had discussion. You don't like combos, right? I don't like combos. Yeah, you're not a combos fan. Mary loves combos. Yeah, I like combos too. And it's weird, like they don't advert for for a thing that's so popular and everyone knows combos. They, I've never seen them do one advertisement. They used to, I think, when I, I was like remember. a kid. I see, I, 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 like, not I, like the last 20 years, for sure. Yeah, I think I don't even remember seeing them. You, I'm not denying, I just don't remember them. Uh, Patrick, I believe Patrick, he texted in and said, uh, me and Trey talked a fair amount of sports, and it was the most the Reds were talked about all last week. They did talk a lot about the Reds. They Good did. for them. Yeah. I think that was when, the, well, I mean, that was on Wednesday, the middle of their winning streak, though. It was. Yeah, Patrick's like texting me as I'm like lying in bed with John, like trying to get him to sleep. He's like, can you come on? I'm like, no, I can't. Come on. <laughs> just just play as part of Trevor's best up segment and say I was there. Just let him talk. Yeah. I'll, you want my voice on the show? Play a clip. <laughs> Texas says, TJ said that it would take UofL three years to recruit talent to be on par with UK to give them a chance to win, uh, ignoring the top portal recruiting. He also said yes. that the game is at UK this year. Typical UK fan getting all his facts wrong. Ooh. Uh, I the, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give him crap. It's in Louisville this year, TJ. That party should have gotten right, but who might have the point blame at that? The second, the, the first part about the three-year thing, I, I, I don't. I think it's he's wrong, but I don't think he's. The thing, he, he, that's just how it was two years ago. I mean, so much has changed with transfer portal in the last three or four years, or what, two or three years that. In the just in the very not so recent past, yes, you, it probably would have taken Louisville. Without a transfer portal, three or four years maybe to catch up. But now with the transfer portal and the way things is now, it doesn't, you don't need three years. Louisville can catch up with a lot of people in a year, and we're showing that right now. Yeah, I mean, the big storyline when it comes to this rivalry in recent years has been you know, UK has been beating UofL on the recruiting trail, which has helped them to pull ahead, especially when it comes to, primarily when it comes to in the trenches, right? Like that's all, they've just been bigger than us. They've bullied yes. us and all this stuff. And, you know, they would bring in four star talent on the offensive and defensive lines. They'd bring them along slowly. And then by the time they were juniors and seniors, they were ready to just annihilate teams like Louisville. And then it's been a cycle, and Louisville hasn't recruited as well on that front. And I think you're right. 
now, I mean, we're probably going to start at least two transfer offensive linemen, and our two deep is going to be primarily composed of transfer portal players. Like, like it's a quick fix out, yeah. out there. And like, we have landed some big-time offensive linemen in recent years. I don't think that they're going to be ready to contribute right away. I mean, Madden Sanker and Luke Burgess are the, the most notable. Uh, they're true freshmen. I don't know if they see the field this year or if they do how much they see the field this year. But like, like it's not as much of a process anymore. You don't have to. We've had two r- really good recruiting classes in a row. Like That's not necessarily indicative of the fact that like, like you know, two or three years from now, watch out. Like you can, you can make quick fix. Case in point, like Kentucky is they're doing the thing now at quarterback where it's bringing a transfer, let him play for a year or two. Bring in another transfer. Yeah. If you don't have a guy that you've brought along slowly in, in your recruiting class that you feel like is ready to take the reins on, and we're kind of doing the same thing now too. So like, the, the game has definitely changed. I'm curious to see how Louisville competes against Kentucky this year. I'll be shocked if it's as dominant as it's been the last uh, four times that they've met just because I think that we have talent to match up with them and we've got a better coaching staff, and they're going to emphasize this game for sure. But I, I could be wrong. Maybe you, we go out there and you know, the teams have similar seasons and – UK just kicks our ass again, but I don't think it's going to happen. When's the last time Kentucky started a quarterback that they had brought in as a freshman to begin with? Uh, I can't even. Been tell a you while because even 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 uh, Terry was a was a was a JUCO before. Was Lynn, Lynn Bowden was a yeah, but, yeah, but he, he was, wasn't really a quarterback. He played quarterback only out of necessity. I mean, it wasn't like like he they wanted him to play quarterback. They did everything they could not to him to play quarterback. Um, <clears throat> was it Steven Johnson? He was a Ju- he was a JUCO. He was a transfer out of, he? yeah out of Arkansas State or something like that. Yeah, Drew Barker. That's I mean seriously. I'm that's kind of Patrick Tolls maybe. It's been a while since they did, since they they actually had a quarterback that was that started for them as a freshman. Like based or on the names, it started there. It started there as a freshman. Maybe based on the names we're throwing out there, it probably should be a while before they go back to it because <laughs> the guys they brought in have been their own. They've sucked. But but I mean, with, like you said, with the transfer portal. I mean, it's it's so insane that like ten years ago, you can fix now what ten years ago would have taken four years to do in one year for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it, what, what we was doing right now. Sports. This was yeah. This is 2014. We would be in step one of probably a three year, four year step. To get where we are after just one year of recruiting in the transport. That's just that's insane. Texas, at least Trevor didn't say Betty White and B. Arthur. <laughs> oh, who was talking about? The, I mean, Blanche was not too bad. I mean. Did the, the KRC boys, <laughs> did they talk at all about the, uh, the big dog, the wedding? I'm assuming they didn't get the invite. Did Roush get the invite? Did, did, did Big Dog get married again? Vince Barrow got married over the weekend. Did, and, what was he? How do you know? Because he was tweeting? Oh, yeah, they're all, well, you know, Matt Jones was there, uh, Ryan Lemon was there, Michael Bennett made it a point to say on Twitter that he had been invited but couldn't go because he had another wedding to go to, which was the best tweet of the entire weekend. <laughs> you probably wouldn't invite him. I would assume Roush got invited. Uh, he and I Big would, Dog are close, right? I would, <laughs> I would think. He's, but Roush will, le- will, will leak a, you know, Big Dog, one of the leading candidates for the Texas head coaching job. Report, won't he? He's one of those guys. He was leading the Youngstown State chatter, yeah. I mean, hearing that Oklahoma is looking at Vince Marrow to replace, you know, <laughs> for his head coach. He's going to USC. 
Uh, I'm surprised. I mean, TJ, I don't know if TJ's as close to, you know, I know Roush is a big football guy. There's a lot of football coverage for, for Even Kansas though he's not confident enough to, to say that Kentucky will win more games in Louisville, he's too coward to do that bet. But I saw the pictures. I think uh, uh, you know, Stoops was in the wedding, apparently. I did not see Vince Merrow tweeting about recruits during the wedding, but I assume mm-hmm. it happened. No recruits were at the wedding. Well, you don't know that. You might want to start bringing them in. You don't know that. I mean, they've already lost the state. Took him one year. Brom went. Took Brom less than six months to take over the state recruiting. Texas says, Mike, I just typed in Indian octopus and I got a picture of an inbred heroin addict with. <laughs> I can't read the last part. <laughs> Jesus, Mike. Did you spell octopus wrong too, Texter? Well, that's angry guy. Oh. <laughs> Texas says, I'd assume that TK also avoids going to public parks in general. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think last time I went to the bar, uh, a park. I mean, I went down to my own Briarwood Park at one, not too long ago because when the dogs got out and they ran down there and I had to go chase them. <laughs> so not by choice. Not by choice. They took me down there. If they I end up at a park, it's Clancy a complete ran accident. Clancy ran to the creek. And got, it was just, oh, she smelled for two days. It was awful. Uh, outside that, I mean, I used to go like, to like the Seneca and Cherokee Park a lot when, like, when, in like teen years and early yeah. in my 20s. I mean, like I said, I used to go play pickup ball at like Hogan's Fountain all the time. Uh, I'm telling you, Splash Pad and the new uh, setup at Tyler Park in the Highlands is, is awesome. We, we've been making our rounds around the parks in, in town. That's that's a great one. Um, but, yeah, I can't imagine Trevor just showing up. And, I mean, to be fair, like, you know, I wouldn't be at parks if I didn't have kids. <laughs> that's, that's probably good. I'd walk the dog at Seneca a lot. I mean, we'd, we'd go to Cherokee and hike the trails a decent amount growing up. Like, here's the thing, people. But not without kids. Big, I, know, I know you can't see me because we don't have the YouTube cameras here until next week. Next week. But, like – Imagine what I look like. Think about me by myself walking around in the park. It, I, would, I mean, there's just I, there's a good feel. Like I'd have eyes on you. Like ten years ago, probably wouldn't have. No one probably blink an eye. Nowadays, I'm probably going to get like I'm somehow going to go viral and not in a good way. Yeah. I mean, that's, I can. I don't know. I whether I'm like pushing the kid out of the way to get to the ice cream truck sooner, or I'm not saying I'd call the cops or anything. I'm just saying that I would know where you were at all times if you if you were at a public park by yourself around the playgrounds. <laughs> I mean, I, I picture picture being trailed by nannies like taking on with their phone outs. I'm like, here I am probably thinking I'm some like like suave player. Like the ladies are following me around. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're just trying to make getting pictures of my license plate. Trying to make sure you're not going to molest it. <laughs> Texas Toad Ramsey may also be related to Vince Tyre. Ah, that's good. I like that. <laughs> I didn't think about that one. Texas Trevor, the Reds have not won a game since Scott Satterfield threw out the first pitch. Uh, I mean, it's also when you got back in town, too. Yeah. I would ask. I mean, I guess I see why they'd ask him to do it. But Can we talk about the fact, too, like he was at the game the night before and took a picture from what looked like a blimp above the stadium. I don't know if they just gave him the worst tickets imaginable, but I was like, how high? I can't even see the players from this picture set. And then he threw out the first pitch, and right when I saw that, I saw it before the game started, I was like, we're going to lose. It's over. We let Satterfield do this. This man won't stop until he's taken everything from me. He's probably going after my wife next. He's going. He's going to try to take my house. He's. He won't stop. If you're at the park with the, with the kids and you see Satterfield wandering around, run. This will be the Scott Satterfield show in like two months. He he, he won't stop till he's taken everything. You can't I'm, let me have anything. I'm good assuming in my life. I'll be replaced by Brian Brown. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll, be, it'll be Satterfield and Brian Brown. <laughs> hey BB, what were you up to this weekend? <laughs> 
Well, well, you know I was up to you, Scott. I was hanging around your lawn because I ride your coattails to all my jobs. Brian Brown, just <laughs> talking the movies that he watched over the weekend. <laughs> Texture yeah. says um, Nick Evans was on the Sunday morning hangover with Curran, and I guess not anymore. Oh, okay. I remember the straight pinky thing. Yeah, I remember that. And he made, I knew that. Yeah, he gave me. I think he sold it a few years ago, um, but he. Their shirts were great. Uh, I, I still have, I still wear a bunch of before them. Before he got, I think they they, they <laughs> got like hooked on over at, uh, with like six eighty. They did. I think they did some like a few things from over here. Did they? And, and yeah, in one of the other studios I worked at, uh, I freelanced out of. Because now it's um, now I know that it's Kern and, and Phil Baker is one of my favorite people in the, in the whole city. Mm-hmm. Phil's awesome. Kern's great uh, as well. Obviously, we does Kern still do it? Yeah, as far as I know, like they I mean, as far as like a month ago, they've been doing it. I mean, he's got a lot on his plate. I'm just... It's Nick Curran, man. He just he I know. That's who he is. That's what he does. Uh, Texture says, TK, the zoo requires walking. Not sure if you knew that. <laughs> don't they have rascals? I don't, I don't, I don't know if they have it. You, you will see. I will say this. Would I, would you, would, should I be embarrassed if I got on a rascal and rode around the zoo? No, you'd fit in. <laughs> the zoo, if you want a little bit of a, I don't know, image boost, just, just go to the zoo. Okay. You'll feel a lot better about yourself. It's like you being know. at the fair? A, a little bit, yeah. Okay. It's like year-round fairs. Too. I'm like, you know, like I, I leave the zoo feeling very good about myself. <laughs> I, I'm like, okay. We're, it's, not, it's not that bad. I don't need to bring you my A game bad. of pickup lines to the zoo is what you're, you're telling be okay. me? Yeah, you're going to be you, fine. You can bring the uh, How much does it cost for a ticket to the zoo now? Uh, we, we're members, so I, I don't really know. Oh, you, so you don't. You, you yeah. pay for like a yearly member. That's probably smart, yeah. I would think, I would think Virginia and... John's are probably free, right? Well, no, you you have to pay. Even for even for him, a yeah, baby, you gotta pay. I mean, it's gotta be. But they're members, so that's why we get the membership. We're good to go. What do you, what, what, if, I mean, I mean, I'm just gonna throw it out there. Like, would like twenty dollars be too high of a ticket price? Uh, I, honestly, I I couldn't tell you. We yeah, pay for the I'm, membership. I don't know what it is. We we show the card. We walk in. Uh, I do this thing after, when we get in the car. You get all fancy. You're like showing the card, like. Like you're Wayne going backstage at Alice Cooper. <laughs> so I do this thing after we go to like stuff stuff like this where we get in the car. Mary still has not caught on. But like we'll get in the car. We're like, oh, okay, let's go home. And like I'll look at my phone back. Like, oh, my God. And Mary's like, what? And I'm like, it's it's the zoo. And she said, what? And I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm like, they just they just look. I was the best looking dad at the zoo today. <laughs> say a joke or something every time. I do it every time. I'm like, oh, my God. It's the, it's the science museum. It's like, did we forget something? I'm like. No, they're, just, they're letting me know I was the, I was the best looking dad there this afternoon. It's great. Joke never stops being great. Never stops working. Texas Trevor, can you trust a man who thinks that soup is a real meal? <laughs> Where did that come from? Banyan? <laughs> I mean, I did I didn't say that. Did, did you say soup was a real? I don't think so. I like soup, but I don't. Like, I wouldn't qualify it as like a maybe for lunch. I, I wouldn't call it as a whole meal either. I, I'm a Jerry on that one. I'm very much a like. I, like I'll get I a cup get, of soup as an appetizer. Yeah, I, I'll get like a cup or even a bowl of soup with, with something on many occasions. I but mean, chili I, can be a full meal. Well, now, not, not. I mean, even really, I eat chili as a full meal for sure. I guess so. I mean, I still got. I got tumbleweed on Friday, and I got like a, a bowl of white chili as an appetizer. Yeah, it's fine. This is also Pete Browning in the Louisville Colonels photo had some buddies make him a bat. John Hilrick, who was the and the bat was the original Louisville Slugger. There you go. Hmm. Browning and Hilrick, big names in the baseball world. By the way, in case you're wearing a zoo admission for 13 and over, is $18. That was pretty $18. close. There you go. Two to 12. So, so John's not two years, so he, he's free. One and under is free. 
Well, oh, okay. Two to twelve is four. It's a four-dollar difference from two to twelve. Thirteen. And a, a little stingy, aren't they? I mean, good. Now, when you got that pass? Pass. It, my parents give it to us every year. It's like a birthday present. It's great. Texas says, TK, I'd let you rub lotion on my skin. <laughs> God, I hope you're a woman, not a dude. <laughs> uh, I've been burned already once at Taco Bell. <laughs> Texas says, uh, Merrill once again embarrassing his grade school teacher with the spelling and, and grammar. I did see that. He said, he spelled, I don't really know what the tweet said, but he's, he did write grown man, and he spelled grown, G-R-O-A-N, as in like, grown. Wait a minute, who, who did this? Vince Merrow. Oh, did he? Okay. Not, grammar, not his strong suit. No, no, he's, well, he's, yeah, he's a football coach. He falls into all the stereotypes, right? Yeah. Texas says, might get to do a week now on KRC as a counterattack for us red-blooded folks. Yeah, why don't you, you when's the last time you were on KRC? I've never been on KRC. I was on KRC like when I first started. Yeah, when you KRC. first started, I thought you did. Yeah, you need to go on there. I don't want to do KRC in the morning. I mean, God, I, I appreciate You're it helping up. me, but like, yeah, it's still too early. Not only that, you don't even have to go in. All three of those individuals came in the studio each day. They got two co-hosts. They don't. If one of them's out, it's they still have two guys. They still no, the way Rouse was talking, the way things were going at the house, I think he was happy to get out and do, do the show. No. For three. <laughs> like, there yeah, is he, that. I guess the wife's on sort of vacation, and he's and he says it's been a little rough or something. He's, I think he's a little excited the way it sounded like to get out of here. And like, like sorry, honey, I got to work. I can see that in the afternoon. Yeah. There is, yeah, every now and then there is a nice. But, but TJ, like, yeah. but I felt a little bad for a little bad for TJ because, and this is something like. You might want to get on the phone with him about and talk about because you you discussed you know the sleeping issues of getting John down and getting Virginia down and and, and, and apparently Lucy who's his daughter who will be turning two in October she's on a strict seven p.m. bedtime and has not curved off of it since in, ever. I love her and like and so like he's doing the show till six. He's kind of like man, I want to. You know, the only thing that sucks about this is by the time I get home and Lucy's going to bed. Getting home late, late it does screw with our evening plans. Like, yeah. Because we still have to walk the dog. We do dinner and all this. And, like, I don't get home until 6.15 at the Well, now over here, I get home at, like, 6.25, 6.30. And it does kind of suck. We have later bedtimes. For and, sure. I, and I was like, man, that's just, like, that's that's impressive to have them, like, ingrained already that early into the child, like, 7 p.m. bedtime, boom. Like, the walkers are better parents than we are. Our kids were staying up, like, past midnight on vacation. We were, like, <laughs> Virginia was going to sleep, like, 12, 15 every night. John at, like, 11. It's funny. I was telling the story reminding my family. Like, that was me. Like, I was the one staying up late. I and, 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 you know, this is how I turned out. My aunt, uh, who had the only two other boys in the family of, of all my cousins, uh, they were, like, 8, 8, 8 p.m. bedtime as soon as they were, you know, before from as long as Mike as they were born. And one of them became a Air Force pilot and is big in the Air Force. And the other one yeah. is like, other one like runs a farm and graduated with a like two degrees from IU. And I'm like, yeah, maybe maybe getting on the sleep bedtime at an early age and training that might be the best way to go for the future of a child. My parents, I was like eight years old. My parents <laughs> were like giving me the remote control at eleven, and they're like, just turned off when you're when you're done. Well, we're going to sleep. My problem was I grew up with grandpa- grandparents who went to bed at like nine. And snored louder than anything you had, so it was easy to sneak out. Like I spent every like every night of my like childhood watching uh, the Sonics or Blazers or Lakers game, the late night TNT game, and like sneaking out and watching the basketball. I was like, I was highlight. very much the kid when we had, would have like sleepovers at somebody else's house. His parents would be like, 
all right, you guys have been up a little later than usual. It's like 10 o'clock bedtime. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yes. I was like, I'm just going to sit here in the dark for through two hours before I'm ready for sleep. Do you remember when you have a sleepover as a kid and you're like, oh, we're going to stay up all night. We're going to do like a whole season or a dynasty in a video game. And yeah. Next thing you, you get like three games played and it's never works. It never works out. We had, and yeah, John was just, he's so screwed. John also, the thing that sucked about driving down and up. Virginia's always been really good at the car. Like, she sleeps really well in the car. She's really well. John's terrible in the car. Like, we'll oh, not go sucks. to sleep. And the only way we – this is terrible. Like, but we were driving through the night. Like, we had to get like, – he was just screaming. Like, just full on, like, being tortured, screaming in the back. Like, just wanted no part of being in the car. So we had to give him – like, Virginia fell asleep instantly. She was dead tired. We, like, hooked up Virginia's iPad and just, let, like, let him watch, like, these terrible YouTube videos. So Mary falls asleep. Virginia's been conked out. It's, like – 1.50 in the morning, I'm driving through like the hills of, of South Carolina, North Carolina. <laughs> I'm thinking that he's asleep. I can't really see his face because it's so dark. And like one of these videos would end, and I would just hear him be like, <laughs> and like start clapping and laughing. I'm like, this little son of a bitch. Like this, this kid is, what's he doing? Like would not fall asleep. So he barely slept at all. He's been thrown off the entire week already. I, I'm just now realizing we've talked over the top of the hour. Is it better though to give him an iPad and technology like that in his face? Then it is my idea sleeping a little, you know, Nyquil in his in his in his, in his milk and I think knocking so, probably a little better. I mean, is there really? I mean, I don't know. It seems like both neither one are great situations for the yeah, child. Yeah, you could do a little melatonin. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I have friends who do it every night with care kids. <laughs> We've done it before. Melatonin gummies. We go to sleep. <laughs> Healthy, natural, decrease inflammation. I will go to break. Uh, Five o'clock hour is already started technically, but we got an hour left here. <laughs> We'll talk a little car sports. We'll talk about these parking changes for the football season coming up. Take more texts from you guys as well at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Return Show here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. About you day and night, it's only right to think about the girl you love and hold her tight. So happy together. If I should call you up, invest a dime, and you say you belong to me, and these my mind. You know, what does this have to do with vacation? How does this fit? Oh, it just popped in my head. I'll be honest with you. No, no rhyme or reason. No, there is no really rhyme or reason. You know, call the best of the best for nothing, folks. And the only thing I think about, when I think of the song now, I always think about there's a a great King of the Hill episode where uh, Bill Doltry, you know, he's all, Bill's always, you know, doing stupid stuff to, like, feel good. You know, he's just kind of a goofy character. And he gets hooked up with a male choir group that, like, causes him to, like, almost lose his job in, in the Army. And, like, this is the song they're singing in this male choir. It's, there you go. So it's, not, it's, a, it's a pretty good episode. On that note, welcome yeah. back in. Five o'clock hour here of the return episode of the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450. And I'm told we're not on 96.1, no. uh, the, the Big X. We have some uh, some electrical issues here. There's a big power line down in front of the studio, a big tree down in front of the studio. But thankfully, we're on, you know, on, on the AM channel and streaming all over the land again. I might just stay here tonight. Yeah, you could. I'm just. I'm looking at, without power for anybody who's just so, going to the so show. So I'm looking at East End hotels, like in like my area town, and there's there's a few, and they're obviously you, you know you got to marry. They're they're nicer hotels, not you know like act like I'm snobby or something, but like so I'm looking at like the prices and like the cheapest one right now is like 140 bucks. I'm not surprised. Like they they're jacking up their price on us now too because they know people are out power and need somewhere to stay. 
Yeah, of course. That's the way it works. I mean, it's just evil, man. That's the way it works. Evil. I might just screw. I might. I mean, we don't have bats game tonight. No bats I mean, tonight. I don't have a TV here technically, but I can get it fixed if I call Insight and they'll just send a ding to the box because this box is old. That's why. I'll go pick up my PS4 and bring it back up, or PS5 and bring it up here. Yeah, why not? Make screw it. Just I might just go home and just come back. with Frank. I'll bring Khaleesi back with me. There you go. Uh, if you just joined the show, we've talked about uh, I mean, expected nonsense. My return, uh, my vacation. Say bunk with Frank. Yeah, bunk with Frank. <laughs> <laughs> sure, his bed's big enough. I can. Do you think he's okay being the little spoon? <laughs> Could be. All right, about Trevor being without power for the last uh, almost 24 hours. The storms that were going on last night. Karan Davis being in town officially. Um, the Reds, of course, big topic of discussion from the last week, which I've been. Jumping at the bit to get to. I'm going to sweep the Orioles coming up, now, Orioles now. I would love to sweep the Orioles. Don't oh. think that's going to happen, but I would love it if it happened. Uh, and then just, you know, again, the fact that there's very little going on in the world of Cardinal Athletics. We are in that the heart of that dead period right there in the heart of summer. This is why people take vacations this time of the year. <laughs> there's not a ton going on. You guys have helped us out on the text line, and we'll ask you to continue helping us out on the text line for at least the next, what, three, four weeks? Once, once you get to August, I feel like you've turned a corner. It's officially. Well, we'll get more closer to football season. I mean, not, right. It's preview time. You've yeah. got, you know, kids are going back to campus. Practice is starting for basketball. Like, more updates there. Hopefully we get more updates. And, and that's where I want to start this hour because we had a text talking about, like, we've heard from Jeff Brom a number of times this, this offseason, since, since he was hired, basically. Yeah. We... Got an update this week from Jeff Walls, who talked about, I, I want to talk about what his comments a little bit uh, later in the, in the hour. He talked about this team, despite having nine newcomers, it's the best chemistry that he's had this early in the season. It, you know, he's so excited about this and all this stuff. And then the texter said, when are we ever going to get anything from Kenny Payne? We still haven't heard anything from Kenny Payne. Now, we did hear from Nolan Smith on, on Thursday night on Twitter, which I got about a billion texts about. I don't even know what it's about, but it was, all I heard was Nolan Smith on Twitter, and it can't be good. I mean, it depends on, I, I guess, what your perspective is. <laughs> don't, not knowing my perspective, is it any good? It was, I mean, it was... Has it been deleted yet? I honestly don't know. I couldn't okay. tell you. But it was, it was another, he tweeted stuff out. It drew some... Controversy. It's a, people were upset. They thought it was directed at certain people. Here was the tweet. I'll never go to the draft. Again, this is during the NBA draft. I will never go to the draft as a coach unless my player personally invites me and says, Coach, I want you there. Draft night is about the player and his family. It's not a photo op for me to post on IG to help with recruiting. Actually, it kind of is, but I mean. It is. I mean, let's be real. I mean, yeah. I mean, all the players are posting everything they want on IG. Why? I mean, why you do it too? Now, immediately, we know that's a shot at. Well, we don't. I mean, because immediately Duke fans thought it was a shot at John Shire being no. there with the draft players, and then immediately Kentucky fans thought it was a shot at John Calipari that's being there for the Kentucky players. Both guys were at the draft. Both guys were posted. Were, were there with taking pictures, and you know, his uh, no one's wife immediately. Jumps in and it's like he wasn't tweet. He wasn't even watching the draft when this happens. This wasn't about anybody specifically. He's just always believed this. And I was like, you know, I I, I don't buy that at all. I think I it's very either. clearly directed. Whether it's at Shire or at Calipari or at both or at any coach that's showing up to do this, it was very clearly a shot. But it was just another Nolan Smith Twitter adventure. But besides that, we haven't really heard very much from the the, the men's basketball coaching staff. And again, that's fine if we wind up having this. Super bounce back, 
positive second season. If that doesn't happen, it's yet another, like, what are we doing here? I think piece of fuel for people who are upset with the direction of the men's basketball program to utilize. If The only people talk about this, this, these types of things not really mattering. And, and I agree to a point. Because if you lose a ton, none of it matters. We're not getting a, sec- a third year of Kenny Payne. If you win a ton, none of it matters. You're definitely getting a third year of Kenny Payne. Where this matters, I think, is if you fall in that kind of limbo area. If Louisville goes 17-16 and 16 this year, or wins 15, 16, 17, 18 games, they're never really in the NCAA tournament discussion. They've shown clear improvement. They've gotten markedly better from where they were a year ago, but maybe still not as good as you'd like them to be with the amount of talent that's been brought in. Then I think some stuff kind of matters. Not hearing from Kenny Payne, not getting the clear layout of his plan for the program, all that stuff, that's when that starts coming back and the fans start using it as reason for not wanting him back for a third year. Hopefully we get to avoid that, but I'm telling you, we still have three more months of this. We still have – this is going to be – it already has been. Well, no, I think it's I going mean, to continue to be. Football takes away some of the pressure because say, people are excited with Jeff Brom. Yeah. But for just basketball, this is going to be the longest summer that Louisville basketball fans have ever gone through because when you're at rock bottom – and make no mistake about it, we are at rock bottom. If you want to you know, use the, the scandals or whatever, but when it comes to a purely win-loss perspective, Last year was as bad as it's ever been in any of our lifetimes, and hopefully, surely to God, as bad as it ever will be. This is rock bottom for us as a fan base from a purely win-loss perspective. Yeah. And when you're at rock bottom, I think the hardest thing in the world to do is to just sit there and wait, right? You, you want to be, you know, can I climb here? Can I do, I, do I make a mess? We've got to have some sort of plan to get ourselves out of this, and it can't come soon enough. And the reality is there's just nothing for us to do right now. All we have to do is sit around and wait and react to the news that comes out until November, and I think it's driving everybody crazy. It's driving all of us mad, and that's exactly that's where we've been for the last three months, and it's where we're going to continue to be until we finally see this team take the court in some sh- uh, way, shape, or form uh, when the, the red-white scrimmage happens or the exhibition games happen in October. But for right now, it's just, man, we are, we're, we're clawing at the sides of this hole to try to get out of it, and the reality is there's just no help is coming until this team actually starts playing games. Do you need a hug? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I, I'm just giving you the you know. It's why it's the justification for why everybody's at each other's throats. We all mm-hmm. we all think we have the plan to get out of this hole, and the reality is nobody knows. We just need to concentrate on football. We do, and we have. And football will take us. Assuming that this the season will go the way I plan it, the football will be a nice distraction all the way up until, I mean, mid December, late December. I, I think early you, January, maybe even. I mean, think about it. What we've had. Now, we've had years where we've been really excited about basketball. And when football has been really good at the same time, we still, like, you know, you're paying attention to basketball, but you're not fully focused on every dribble and everything well, the way that you the are. The timing when, of the season. Yeah, the, the way that you are when the football program is just having a whatever year. And, and October and November rolls around. I think you dream about having the type of season, you know, the, the, the 04, 06, 2016 type season where when basketball rolls around, Despite how excited you are to see the team play, you're still more like football is still taking center stage. Whereas, like last year, it was a great opportunity for Kenny Payne and company to really make a splash because people, you know, the football team was just, you know, it was 
up until the end of the year, people were like, this guy's gone. This has just this has not been good enough. We got hot late. But when basketball started in early November, if the basketball team had come out and just blasted Bellarmine, blasted those first three opponents, and then gone to Maui and overachieved, maybe won a game or two and looked like they belonged, people would have been like, okay, hell yeah, basketball's the thing. Instead, it was just like, everything sucks right now. Can we finally get some good news? Like, volleyball took centers. Volleyball was the sport that came in, scooped up all that, uh, the, the attention yeah. that the other sports weren't getting and really captivated us. But it is a golden moment, I think, for Jeff Brom this fall to come in and be that, be that jolt of energy that we – look, I'm not telling anybody who's listening anything that they don't know. The program – needs a jolt, a really positive jolt. Anybody who writes about UofL Athletics, anybody who does a radio show, anybody, you know that the attention, the excitement, the numbers are down. The diehards are always going to be the diehards. But the that periphery fan who is there going crazy when things are really good, but it's just kind of like, eh, you know, eh, I, I'm going to do other things when things are really bad. They've been checked out for a while now. You need something to bring them back in. Jeff Brom has done a good job as far as reinvigorating season ticket holders. I know ticket sales are up by like 6,000 people already right now. But if he can have an overachieving start to his first season, I think that will be the it's fun again moment. And that's what we've all been waiting for ever since the scandals really started. There have been a few moments here and there where, you know, and don't get me wrong, I, I know that, you know, volleyball. Going to the Final Four and back-to-back years has been great. That's been fun to latch on to. Women's basketball making their runs in the NCAA tournament has been great. Um, you know, Baseball having some good seasons here and there. But when it comes to football and men's basketball, the two showcase sports of our athletic program, people have been desperate for a this feels the way it used to. This is making me feel the same types of emotions that it made me feel for football in 04, 06, 90, you know, 2016, the first part before the, the bottom fell out at the end of the season. Like, they're desperate for that. In basketball, everyone just wants it to be fun again for the first time since the scandals really started. And I think if Brom can get us off to that start, everyone has the game circled against Notre Dame. If we're 5-0, and Notre Dame beats Ohio State in September, we have a decent shot at having college game day here. It'd be the biggest home game in a long time. That environment would be nuts. Even without college game, it'd be a big it'd be, it'd be, yeah. You're right. Yeah. It, it would be just absolutely nuts. It'd be bonkers. People would be just hanging from the rafters to get into that place. I think that we, the dream right now is that that's how this athletic season starts. Football carrying the flag for all of Cardinal sports, getting off to that start, getting the, again, the fan that maybe has checked out recently or the fan that hasn't really been bought in, the younger fan that is for their entire life, we've just been kind of whatever at football and been a sort of a joke, a punchline in basketball. You want to get them back in. And then basketball takes over in November and December and it was the players' fault last year. It, it was just the, the the lack of being able to have a cohesive unit. Kenny Payne knows what he's doing. The talent's great, and we have this fun, overachieving season with a bunch of kids that are really talented, really young, and really set some lay the foundation for a promising future. Like that's the goal right now. But I think it has to start with football, and we really need Jeff Brom to get this thing going because we are all just so desperate for something to make us feel good again. To quote Halle Berry <laughs> from, from Monsters Ball, make us feel good. Oh, it's a great scene. It's a great scene. <laughs> it's a fantastic scene. Can you, can I, can I, have I seen the whole movie? I don't think I have. I have. I don't remember anything of it besides like, I, that. Me- I, think I, I remember like he's like, 
His dad's like a really big racist. Billy Bob Thornton's dad is. I don't even remember. And like her son gets like killed, like gets like hit by a car or something, and she tries to run him to the hospital. Dude, that sounds familiar. Something like she loses a son. That's how like he hits hooks up with her. It's because she lost a son or something. It's not an uplifting movie. No, no, but. I mean, well, it kind of is in its own way. Well, <laughs> <laughs> just across the wire here, uh, Ellie De La Cruz, your National League Player of the Week. You you say it all wrong, by the way. How's that? It's Ellie De La Cruz. Ellie De La Cruz. I don't care how you say it. Just it's just it. like instead of you know, like Ali Bumbaye, it's Ellie De La Cruz. Ellie is the absolute. Every time he comes to bat on my, my show, I'm like Ellie De La Cruz. I'm in my house chanting it. Dogs, dogs are like, what the hell? As a Reds fan, like you know, we've had good players in, in recent years. It, certainly, Joey Votto is 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 must watch. But he's the the first guy that we've had since Griffey, where it's been like it doesn't matter what the score is, it doesn't matter what the situation is. When he's batting, he's he's appointment television. Like you want to watch that guy hit. You don't care about the Reds. You don't care about maybe baseball in general. You want to see what he's going to do. The cycle. I'm packing to leave for the trip. I've got the the, the game on illegal stream as I'm packing. Like when he hit the cycle. I mean, I I like leapt. I was like running. I was like this. This guy's absolutely unbelievable, and now he's the National League Player of the Week after hitting 440 uh, with a uh, 550 slugging percentage. Two doubles, one triple, pair of home runs, five runs driven in, two stolen bases, and one cycle. I'm sure it was exciting, but not as exciting as listening to Nick Curran call a doubleheader by himself in Charlotte. You're damn right. Did you hear John Sadak's call of the cycle? Say what? Did you hear John Sadak's call of the cycle no. on the Reds broadcast? I mean, I... I give Sadak a hard time. He's not my favorite. No, that's yeah. And I, I'm not familiar with him, but I know you have. I have heard you. Yeah, because he leads. In he's with, the one that made the call. Like that ball's got a family, which or, was good. I liked yeah. that. The cycle call I thought was just atrocious. What's that? <laughs> he's like, there's a ball in the gap, and he's like, India round third. India scores. Cycle. <laughs> I'm like sitting there, like you almost ruined it for me, Sadak. I'm like, I'm like running around, like. It was so bad. Uh, something I, I brought this up with Kern and, and Jim Kelch uh, very briefly before I lost able to the con- talk to them between innings, which I know they still are depressed about. I think they did it on purpose. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a camera view. <laughs> Go back to security. Kelch is in here. It's like flip the switch. He's like themselves. pulling wires like the like the military guy in Forrest Gump. He's like just yanking <laughs> stuff. He <laughs> makes sure it works. Um, <laughs> Um, but what I brought up to him is you almost made me forget what I was going to say. Like in baseball, like when when a pitcher's got something going, i.e., a perfect game or no hitter, you don't bring it up, right? Right, that's the rule. Yeah, but like when a player's like got a couple hits towards the cycle or doing like they, they talk about it nonstop. Like you'll come up to the plate and be like, you know, not just for this example, and it wasn't just like this, but like. You know, Ellie's coming to play. He's got a single and a triple. Right. Yeah, he's uh, up, yeah. We need this. It's like, why? Wh- wh- where's the difference? Why is it? It's all hush hush for pitchers, but with batters, it's like everything's out there. It doesn't matter. I guess because it's so much more difficult for like a, a guy to hit a triple in that situation or hit, hit a whatever than it is for a uh, a pitcher to. Well, if it's more difficult, wouldn't you want to be more quiet about it and, and not jinx it? Yeah, but there's, it's less likely to happen. Like I, I feel like you know, it's like a free throw streak. If a guy's made. 86 consecutive free throws. You expect him to make 87, and it's almost like we don't talk about it. Well, meantime they do, you then answer always say, you just jinxed them. Right, which, you know, yeah. That's a, what is the comparison of cycles hit to no hitters thrown? Um, that's a good question. I'm just, yeah, because cycles don't seem to be. I would say they're more cycles. I know he was the first one since Eric Davis in 89. 
Which is crazy because they both wear the same number, too. Near to near. You're not wrong. Red cycles. Um, I mean, I would say there are more. I don't know. I, I, I bet they're relatively similar, if I had to guess. The internet doesn't work here, of course, so I don't know. There's been 318 no-hitters. Okay. So do you, would you all say... All time now? All time there have been 318 no-hitters? Well, has there been any this year? Um, that's a good question. I don't, honestly, I don't know. I feel like probably. Well, that was coming into this season, so... They're like, I feel like there were like 20 last year. Yeah, I don't think there were... But it's number of... It'd be nice if the internet cycles. worked. I could find this for you. But my, yes. <laughs> everything I do... Uh, 343 cycles. Wow, that's really close. I, I, I feel like it was going to be close. So more, slightly wow. more no-hitters than cycles. Assuming that there hasn't been like 40 no-hitters thrown this year that added that list. Probably a save. Which I don't think this... <laughs> Now, since 2018, does that count also perfect games? Yes, I would assume so. Yeah, but there's only been, what, like 25 perfect games anyway, I believe, right, isn't it? Yeah, we looked it up before. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like 20. It's like the first in cycle hit in Major League Baseball history, 1882. By Curry, by Curry Foley. Oh. Not sure where he played. Louisville Colonels probably, right? Probably. And then the most recent, Ellie Dela Cruz. Curry Foley played with the no, Boston Red Caps and the Buffalo Bison. Clowns. Jokers. Owned by the Louisville Colonels back in the day. Uh, but there you go. He's the National League Player of the Week. Second red to earn National League Player of the Week uh, in the last month or so. Matt McClain, tearing it up. Uh, these, these baby reds, Trev, they just continue to excite and enthrall. The first National the first American League cycle was hit by Harry Davis in 1901, not to be related to currently called up first number one pick from Louisville, Henry Davis. Henry Davis recently called up. Hit yeah. a double in his very first at bat. That was cool. I texted you on Friday that I – Louisville's playing, I think, Indiana this week, and I was like, or Indianapolis, and I was like, Davis has got called Triple A already. We might get to have him back in Louisville this week. And he got called up before the I know. He got, I think he did on Friday, I think. Yeah. And then I, I noticed he, he'd skyrocketed up the minor league system. Uh, real quick, though, before we go to break, we'll take some text in the, in the, the second segment of this hour. But uh, U of L men's basketball, the non conference schedule, continuing to take shape for this upcoming season. Louisville, as confirmed by John Rothstein of CBS Sports and the college basketball robot himself, Louisville's going to play Pepperdine this year as part of their non-conference schedule at home. Now, I think Pepperdine like a Doug Christie. Well, could you name? I was going to say, do you have any idea who their head coach is? It is a relatively large name. Is it Doug Christie? It's not Doug Christie. <laughs> He's the only Pepperdine player I know. It's a blast from the past. Is he a former player? No, but think... I don't know, 2005 NCAA tournament run. Bruce Weber? No, but along the same lines. Uh, beeline. It's not Beeline. Supposedly he turned down the West Virginia job. It's not Beeline. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think who else made the 05 runs. Uh, oh, uh, who was Washington's coach that year? Yes. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember his name. Lorenzo Romar. Lorenzo Romar. Lorenzo Romar is a the yeah. Pepperdine head coach. They're coming off of a disastrous nine and twenty-two season. Well, Pepperdine has been good. That's probably Doug Christie was saying. They had a, a couple of decent seasons before he got there. Did um, they? Okay. He, he's been there since twenty eighteen. He because he coached at Pepperdine before he started on his his run at Washington. Pepperdine, Did he? I think yeah. was his first head coaching job and had some success there. He came back. Who says you can't go home again? Except it's not going very well for him. They lost 16 of their last 18 games last season. Finished nine and 22. They're not expected to be much better this season, which I guess is why they're on the schedule. But my God, don't lose to Pepperdine. Pepperdine finished. Pepperdine finished 188th on Ken Palm last season, so still comfortably ahead of us. 
but they won just two games uh, hmm. after Christmas last season. Remember, his last tournament appearance was their head coach was Paul Westfall. Really? Yeah. After Romar, it was uh, Jen Van Bredekoff, the guy that ended up going yeah. to Vanderbilt. He took him to a tournament and was there for two years and won 20 games plus each year. And this is in the early 2000s. And then Westfall came in, won 22 games, and stayed around and overstayed his welcome by a long time. Kevin should have more success. He like, was eventually replaced by Vance Wahlberg, who can only consume as the lost Wahlberg brother. They have uh, <laughs> they have one of the better campuses in all of college basketball. Oh, it's beautiful. It's an college sports. Yeah. yeah, it's incredible. They were good. I say good. They were good-ish a couple of years ago. I um, remember they were like. Jim Herrick was good there. Yeah. They, they, just, they, they, it, it, they had a really good player named Colby Ross a few years ago. They played Bellarmine in whatever postseason tournament they played in. But they name sounds familiar. They were terrible last year, and they, they, they're probably going to be terrible again next year. That's not a, that is a team that a decent Louisville team should just house. So there you go. Non-conference schedule. I said a few weeks ago I thought that outside of the games that we're locked into, I think we're probably going to fill it, fill it, fill it with a relatively light non-conference schedule. This is certainly a light addition there. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Thornton Sex Lines, 502-414-1450. you got a half hour left to get your thoughts in on the show. We'll take some from you after the break. It's the Mike Weatherford Show on 1450 and Final segment of the uh, return show here on 1450-961, the Big X. We've been promoting the, the golf cards. You know, we've been saying, you know, the, the golf cards, Big X golf cards, get them now. They're going to sell out. Play all these courses, the best courses in, in the Kentuckyana area for just $25 a round. They're gone. Boom. Peace. Sold out. Goodbye. If you didn't act, our apologies. But you know who's never sold out? Air Serve of Louisville. They can't help you right now if you've got no electricity. But when that electricity comes back on, if there's a problem with your AC unit, AirServe of Louisville is the place to go. Visit them online to get a full extent of their services at airserve.com slash Louisville. That's A-I-R-E-S-E-R-V dot com slash Louisville. The best thing about AirServe, of course, they've got technicians available for you 24-7. If your air goes out on a hot summer's night at, I don't know, 2 a.m., can't make it through the night, Got small children? Call AirServe. They're going to get you hooked up. Uh, the number 502-526-4540. Or, of course, their, their home number, 502-785-8600. Either one of those will work. Uh, they'll hook you up with a technician. They'll come out to your home, place a business. They'll fix your problem. 502-785-8600. What's up? That's a damn right they will. Damn right. That's what AirServe does. We yeah. love them. We have the golf cards. They're gone. Sorry. Boom. Done. Sorry. Sorry. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text. I will take some text from Did you guys. Get one? Did I get what? Golf card. I didn't. Oh. But I saw the boys, the KRC boys. I saw that they played Park Mammoth. They did. Uh, I actually can th- – because the Wednesday we were off like 
<laughs> you, you, you might like this. So, like, Wednesday, they, they I, I didn't have your show, because I was going to do a best of, or Patrick was going to do either or. Uh-huh. So I kind of had, like, Wednesday off. So I called TJ on Tuesday night. I was like, so you all going up there, like, the bowling, you're going down or down to Bowling Green tonight, and, like, staying in the... He's like, yeah, I was like, I might come down there. I was like, yeah, maybe, can I... Can, Am I, I, can I come to the park man thing? He was like, he's like, I guess I don't care. And so I called Dugan. Dugan, God love him. He's so nice. He, he gave every like reason to say like, I don't want you to not to come, but like I don't want you to go. Like it was, like it was so that he was like, just it's a nicer course. I'm like, what are you trying to tell? You want to leave sloth in the basement over here? I'm like, what am I? He's like. No, no, I'm never. You're allowed to go. I just, you might not have fun. I'm like, <laughs> what, what were they do? I thought they were just playing around a round of golf. It was like a they whole did, thing. but I guess it was. It, I, Nick's dad was joining them as the foursome, so like there wasn't. I, I would have been kind of a fifth man odd out anyway, and I didn't. I guess I didn't know the situation. I didn't really break my heart because I was kind of like, oh well, I'm not going to get up early in the morning tomorrow now. Darn. Yeah. But you know, I was kind of thinking about going down there and. And I started talking to TJ, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it." And he's like, "Oh, that's, that's you should come. I'm like, I'll save it for the scramble, which you are going to be at the next scramble for Big X, correct?" Yes, I'd love to be. It'll be on September 1st at uh, somewhere. <laughs> Can't wait. I'll be there. But it's September. It's a three day weekend, so you're you're penciled in, right? So that's labor. Is that Labor Day? That's Labor Day weekend. What day of the week is that? It'll be on a Friday. In that we play a football game. We play so like theoretically, like we could, I could, we could do the cares. We could do the cares. We could do their show there. We do a scramble, and then we do our show from there, and then leave and go watch the football game. Okay, because the football game's at seven thirty. We'd get off the air at six. Yeah, we can make that happen. I we think that was that would be a fun full day, wouldn't it? The only problem with doing that is you and me both after that long day, we might both not stay awake enough for the game. Yeah, I know. We'll have to figure that out. I mean, I would because I just you know pump we'll myself with caffeine, but yeah. we'll be fine. We'll be okay. We'll be. Good. Right, we're gonna do. I can't wait. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna party Big X style at some a golf course. I can't remember where he said it was. All right, text line five zero two four one four a fourteen fifty. Text says Trevor, do you agree that athletes get better in each generation? If you don't, then you are an idiot. Wouldn't that mean in the NBA the talent and athleticism is so much better now? You can just admit you don't like the style of play, which is fine. But the talent is so much better in the NBA. Also, hard fouls and not being able to play zone does not equal good defense. Uh, I won't. I won't. I think you. I think you're miswording it. You shouldn't say ta- uh, talent. The athletes are better to a certain degree. I mean, compared to, I mean, especially when you look at you know your average center in the '60s, Elvin Hayes was like six eight, two hundred thirty pounds. Yeah, I mean, if you track measurables, there's no. Yeah, there's no. I was arguing. Does that that mean they're more talented? No, that does not mean they're more talented, and I don't think they are. And in some cases, I don't think they are. And when numbers are better. uh, Well, they are. I mean, there's there's no debate about it. I mean, I'd have to look at it. I mean, I guess, but I mean, you. But you. When I tell you scoring is up, you tell me it's not. So. It is, but like the the yeah the. Over- I don't think those two things cannot go hand in hand, wouldn't they? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, your shooting's up. I'm assuming that your, your scoring would be up, but all I know is the the highest free throw percentage in in all of college basketball. It's been each of the last four years. One well, college, and okay. I think in NBA, I assume that the numbers are some. I know one every well, three point record has been record. Calvin Murphy, and that's like ninety six percent or something. But like overall, like the, the overall shooting, free, the, the best free throw shooting seasons in college, every single free throw taken 
happened each of the last four years. Okay. I mean, it's... Because you always hear, like, you know, my, my dad makes it seem like nobody ever missed a free throw in the 1960s. Like, wow. how to keep people miss free throw? And, like, you look back and it's like, I, oh, it was like people were shooting 60% from the free throw line as a team in the, in the 1960s. I can tell you for a fact, in the 70s, they sure as hell missed a couple of free throws. <laughs> hey, you opened up that floodgate there, okay? I, I wasn't going to say, I'm not even saying names. I'm just saying, you opened that one up. You should have known better than that, that Pandora's box. The one guy who didn't miss free throws. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, I mean, free throws, that's great. I mean, we're talking about free throws. I mean, how many I mean, what's how many free throws per game are taken compared to – I'm just saying, listen, Texas, I'm not saying – to say they're more talented is – no, I think that's ridiculous to say. But better athletes, yeah, that's, you can't argue that. That's like when people say – I like to argue a guy is greater than played in, like, the 50s. Like, well, he wouldn't last today. No, he wouldn't. But why does that matter? You, their greatness should be determined on their domination of their era and the athletes that they're around at that time more than how George Mikan compares to today's centers. But doesn't that kind of feed into the argument that he's making? They weren't as skilled back then. They were skilled for their era, but they wouldn't be skilled if you put them in today's game. No, but the greatest players, Bill Russell would be probably dominating today's game. and he's, No one would ever mock him as not a great player. No, but I think, again, that's, I think that's his argument. That's just that, but that's off being athletes, not talent. You can you can picture that up to athleticism, not necessarily talent. Mm. I, don't I don't think the two things go hand in hand. Do you? I think a lot of times they do. I mean, you can be a great a, a great athlete and be talented, but I mean, how many times have we seen a player that's just like a great athlete but sucks at basketball? It sucks at the sport itself. Sure, but I think you're seeing that less and less these days. I think mm. I think the I think the skill level and the athleticism. That's are I think up. where the I think it's where me and the texture disagree then. I, I'm with the texter. I agree. I know you are. Texas, what did you make of the sporting news naming U of L a dark horse for the college football playoffs? I think we talked about this before I left. I don't remember if we did or not. I know I wrote about it uh, briefly on I mean, vacation. But uh, the thing was, so that was, I want to say it was Bill Barnwell, the sporting news, wrote that thing. And it was like five dark horse candidates for the college football playoff. And he, he, he basically picked one team in each of the power conferences and identified them as a dark horse. And then he ended the little blurb on Louisville by essentially saying, like, New Year's Six may be the ceiling for this team, but they're so, I was like, well, they're not really a dark horse to you. I was like, come on. What do you, like, he, he, like, laid the foundation for why Louisville could win the ACC, but at the end was like, yeah, they're probably still a year or two away from being a legitimate threat, but New Year's Six could be the ceiling for them. I'm like, well, then they're not really a, a dark horse. You're just picking a team <laughs> from the ACC that's not Florida State or Clemson. Uh, so, but I, I liked it. I liked the positive press that we're getting. But I think we, we, you and I both touched on this a couple months ago. It's almost getting too trendy. Like I, I almost yeah. don't like that. Like now we've gone from. Remember when the the over unders opened for Louisville like six and a half. A couple of them did, and like everybody's like crush the over on Louisville, crush the over on Louisville, and they immediately went up to seven, seven and a half, or eight everywhere. Like now the bar just keeps getting raised. Now you've got people who are like they're going to win 9 or 10 games. They could win the ACC. They're a playoff dark horse contender and I'm worried that we're now getting to a point where if Louisville goes, I don't know, 7 and 5, wins a couple of good games over good opponents or even 8 and 4, wins a couple of 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 nice games, has a good season, people are going to be like disappointed. And I don't know if that's that's fair. Like I, I think that I think that Jeff feels like he's got a good team. But I think he also feels like, well, I know he said this. I think he feels like this is going to be his least talented team when all said and done. I think they think it, the, the best days are ahead of us. That's, I mean, while it can be negative, I think that's a good thing to think. I mean, 
I'd hope that this is the, his first year's team would be his least talented team. Yeah, I guess you want that to be the. I guess the yeah. I mean yeah. I mean you don't want. I mean you don't. Does that mean they suck? No. I think that's, you could look at that as saying, well, that means we're still good this year because guess what? We're going to be even better in the next few years. And, and I think there are areas on this roster where they still feel like they're not as good as they'd like to be and as good as they will be moving forward. I think they they there are some areas that they're concerned with, but. Overall, they think they've got enough to be a, a good team this year. But I think that there are some people out there that now are like, this team could win 10 or 11 games, which I guess they could if things fall their way just because the schedule is the way it is. But I, a lot of stuff would have to break our way, I think, to have that type of year. But I do think like I'm getting to the point now where I'm so excited about this and the way that it's shaping up that I'll, be, I'll almost be disappointed if we do anything less than eight wins this year, which might be unfair, but... I don't know. I don't think that's unfair. I mean, that's kind of where the bar is for me. I mean, I think that's seven. I would say seven or eight. But I mean, is is I've gotten more. I guess the, the word of the day that would make Pee Wee's Playhouse go crazy would be chesty. Yeah, um, love chesty. We should have a we should have a word of the day. Just go nuts every time. <laughs> yada yada. <laughs> have a drink every day. Uh, every day. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I just. Can we both agree that six and six is, is the line where oh, we're both like, eh, no, we like don't we, want that, no. that was a down year compared yeah, to what we're doing. And I don't know, maybe maybe we're setting ourselves up for too high expectations as well. Maybe, maybe we could be, but that's where I am right now. I mean, we're, we're going to find out very early against Georgia Tech to see how this team looks. If this team goes six and six and like just limps into a bowl game, I'll be I'll be disappointed. I can say that seven and five, depending on the circumstances. I think you can argue. I guess eight, the circumstances also ride for six and six, right? Yeah, I mean, let's Dude. say Jack Plummer gets hurt in the first game, and we've we have to throw a quarterback in there who's not ready or not good enough. Then I think you can look back and say, yeah, you know, maybe there were some circumstances there that led us to to being six and six. But still, I think eight and four is where I'm like, good season, that's good. And then anything better than that, I'm like, awesome, let's roll Jeff Brom for king. Texas says, Mike, your vacation screw with my schedule. I forgot there was an afternoon radio show I was supposed to listen to to reduce my productivity. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> You're still on. Texas at Satterfield didn't even throw from the pitcher's rubber. What a wimp. He didn't throw from, he didn't throw from, he threw from like two feet in front of the dirt. Okay, is it better, oh, let me ask you this. You're a baseball guy too, so maybe I think I know where your answer is, but I, I would be. Is it better to throw an embarrassing ball that falls short or goes left or right, whatever, like even 50 cent style, but throw from the top of the mound then, then throw one that like lands in the mound, yes. lands in the yes, the pit. To but, me, yes. And but throwing it like five feet, yeah. It's such a cop out. Like he and he, first of all, he barely. got You'd rather there have the embarrassing throw on the top of the mound. Yeah, than, if, than, if you yeah. Bounce, like Patino threw from the rubber, like full St. John's jersey, didn't quite get it there. I prefer that to Satterfield throwing from like twenty feet away and still yeah. not, not throwing a strike. I mean, that's I would I would take the. Uh, I'm pretty sure Fifty Cent was the coward's way out. He might have been on the. He might have thrown seventeen feet to the left. The but but thing, at least he was on the mound. The only thing that I would be concerned about throwing from the rubber would it's not like throwing a bad pitch or what I'd be concerned about falling. Like not being used to like that little step down. Yeah. I haven't thrown I, mean, I haven't thrown from a pitcher's mound for real in like I mean probably since right after I graduated high school. I would I don't be think concerned. I ever about have. That. I, think, I think when I was when I was still playing, we didn't have a mound at Wyndham. We just had a, a circle. <laughs> hey, I played on those fields back in the day. Yeah, it's like the, yeah, I, felt, I felt like I was REM over here. <laughs> there were a lot of fields that just had no mounds back then. I was like, no, I don't sucks. think I ever once stood on a mound. Now think about it. Uh, Texas was set at the game. That means that every third pitch had to be a hanging breaking ball. <laughs> I did like the, the there was like somebody on Twitter who said 
He just ran the ball to home play. Yeah, I was gonna say this. There's got to be a, ru- a running or walking joke in there somewhere, right? Text says, TK, no offense, buddy, but you look like you watch wrestling. If you're around the playgrounds of the park, I'm assuming you have candy or popsicles in your van with no window. Wait a minute. What are you saying about wrestling fans? Like, that was unnecessary. It was unnecessary. I mean, that was like, you didn't need to put that in there for no reason. That was didn't even, your, every, your entire joke stood without having to throw wrestling fans under the bus like that. Uh, Texas says, Zoo, Six Flags, and Walmart, all places to improve self-esteem. I'll add, have you, I'm sure, I don't think Trevor... I can't last time I've been to a Walmart. I can't imagine you've ever heard of this place, but Great Wolf Lodge is a place that I think no, I've never. all of my friends have taken their kids. It's They pop up there all over the, the country now. Basically, it's like indoor water parks. And every friend that I've had that has okay. gone there has been like, I mean... I definitely had the best wife there, <laughs> best looking wife there. Like it's a huge self esteem boost. Like you leave feeling great about yourself and your family. So there you go, Great Wolf Lodge. If you want a little self esteem boost, I feel like going to these places. It's like, like one in one in three people is ugly. Look to the right. Look to the left. <laughs> it's not them. It's you. It's like you have to, you've heard that like speech and like you know one in five people is uh yeah is this or that and you look to your right. Uh, that's how I feel like people like you, you realize that. You're saying this about the zoo and, and this lounge and these other... There's people that go there probably think the same thing about themselves. And I feel better. I mean, sure. Someone's got to be the ugly one, right? <laughs> Some of these people, they know. They know. Texas, Trevor, you being in a public park made me think of this for some reason. What are your thoughts? It's the image of Ted DiBiase and Virgil paying to have kids kicked out of a public pool. <laughs> I don't remember that yet. It's funny, though. <laughs> Texas says Nolan's wife ended up deleting her account. I didn't, Ooh, really? I didn't realize that. Honestly, I mean. I didn't know that. They've been getting, like, they get so upset about stuff. Like, it, like they might be for the best. Because every time that I yeah every time I get the like the, the text about like have you seen what Nolan has been tweeting it's like it's not something that I've been excited to see. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing good to really come from being on there and and it's like clapping back or whatever you want to say. I mean, it's just there's sometimes just let it just let it go. Like there's yeah, I, I know I know this this phrase come is back like when the team starts winning. I know this phrase is completely expired nowadays, but six and stones, people. It's also, I mean, you can't, I know that you've got a lot of fans that are going to, you know, support you and retweet you and do all that stuff, regardless of what's going on. But the fans that are upset right now, you can't win them back in the summer after a 4-28 and season. You can't, and, and, you know, tweeting kind of about, like, negative fans and going off on negative fans and all this stuff and saying, you know, kind of implying that the Louisville fan base as a whole had a negative effect on stuff. Like while it may be true, and while you may want to do it when you're the coach, and you know you see more of this than the average fan does, it's not going to play well with a fan base that just wants to see you win games. And like you know, all you have to understand that. Like you've got to know that. And I don't, I don't know. It just seems like there's been a lack of understanding of that from not just Nolan Smith, but from a lot of people. Texas says KP and U of L should be making on the court news this summer somewhere internationally. I mean, Cal managed to find yet another loophole to take his team out of the country for a second summer in a row, representing USA in the Global Jam. I don't know why. I mean, it's not just Kenny Payne. Chris Mack didn't want to do the the foreign tour either. You would think with a, a team that has nine new pieces, only four returning guys from last year, if you want to build team chemistry, you want to implement your system, you would think a, a summer tour, and we are eligible to take one right now, you would think that would be this would be a perfect year for that. But 
I mean, you want more, more basketball, the better. But then again, I don't know. Maybe you're just afraid you're going to take this team over somewhere over overseas, and they're not going to be any good. And you're just going to want to leave them there. Imagine the Bahamas tour from 2012, <laughs> but like we're losing to the bellhop team. I mean, like, that would. I mean, yeah, it's the real deal. Shockers are just taking us to the woodshed, which is sad because if that's like your one, is that if that, if that is your concern, not wanting to do that because you're afraid you're going to lose to, you can't be afraid. Then that's just yeah. I mean. Just go ahead and lose, because guess what? If you're afraid you're going to lose, then you you can't avoid that disaster that's coming to you. That that train ain't coming off the tracks. It's coming. Texas, considering that Louisville hasn't had a first-round pick since Donovan Mitchell, Nolan's tweet is more of a negative reflection of the program than a shot at Duke in UK. Well, it's not, I mean, but he's saying himself. Like, he's not talking, I mean, he's saying if I'd had a first-round pick as a coach. He's only had one year to do that, and it hasn't happened. Um, but I get what you're saying. I, I get the overall. I mean, it's just not... This isn't the time for chest thumping of any sort. If we're, you know, it's, wait till we start winning games. Like ch- thump your chest after we go twenty-eight and four next year. But after we're going four and twenty-eight, you've got to know what the reaction is going to be. Texas says Spencer, you like Brontosaurus burgers. What? I have no idea what that means. What was the quote? Texas says I think uh, I think Trevor is trying to say that skills were more valued back in the day, but that's because the athletes are better now and skills especially at younger ages, are overlooked. Coaching in regard to fundamentals are different than now. Basically, times have changed. Trevor values fundamentally sound basketball. It's fine. Uh, I mean, a little bit. I'm not saying the skill level is awful now. I just – one of the things the thing that annoys me a lot is the lack of allowed defense to be played. That, that, that kind of bugs me. Like, when you see a low-scoring game – like I'll say, I, one of my pet pe- one of the things I, I stand on my soapbox and say, like the, the lack of defense, and you'll see a game in like the '90s. And my buddy will text me, be like, "Thought there was no defense." I'm like, "I just watched the game. There wasn't. It was bad offense. It was just the, the Celtics missing threes after three after three. They didn't score 90 points because you know there was good defense by the by one team. It was the Suns. Just, I mean, they just couldn't shoot it, shoot the ball very well. I mean, it's, it's weird though if you watch a game from like the '60s, like everything's a foul. Like you know, you you you. Like you touch, like you're like, oh my god! Like, how did they even play? Like everyone just kind of stand stood back, and then it went to almost a different extreme. As certain, like the early 2000s, there was so much just like clutching and grabbing. It was just, it was it made the, the product really hard to watch. Well, the product wasn't very good to begin with in the early 2000s, as is, and it's, we're getting to that point now where we're going to be back at that. I think very soon. It's sad, but because we're just a lot, that generation that kind of revived us in the 2010s is now on its way out the door. And, yeah, there's just I don't know where the replacement is. I know there's a few guys here and there, but I mean there's a few guys in the 2000s too that were good. But the league itself as a whole, Texas says is not good. real quick. We gotta, we gotta get through these quick. Drop seven foot Kevin Durant in any generation of the NBA, and he would dominate. They would have arrested him for witchcraft. Why is he dribbling between his legs? Why is he shooting from 30 feet? Why is his package on my face as he dunks? Well, generate. I wouldn't say that. David Robinson issued was was a very early version of a K K P. Uh, a KD back in his day, and that was something we'd never seen before. David, I mean, that's a kind of a weird comparison. I mean, he's not to the extreme of shooting threes, right. no, but but he was the first seven-footer you saw, like, dribbling it up the court and facing up and taking guys off the dribble from 18 feet. And I mean, you didn't see that very much in the NBA in, 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 the, in the late 80s and in the 80s at all. Scoot says, damn it, TK sidetracked me. I, meant to, I wanted to discuss Nolan on Friday. Well, that's how it happened. You coming with a list, Scoots? Hey, Scoots, you're the one that brought up the Haley Van Lift, too, as well. Oh, we I haven't talked enough about her this time. I know TJ's on Twitter like, they're still talking about her. Get over here. So I'm like, <laughs> the Indiana fan brought it up, damn it. We hate LSU. Oh, we got, speaking of LSU tonight, College World Series game three after Florida wins the game two 24 to still four. going. It's the last game tonight. Winner take all. 
Florida versus LSU. Uh, LSU won game one in a low-scoring thriller. Then Florida won 24-4 to uh, yesterday, which could means that LSU could win the College World Series with a negative run differential, which would be kind of wild. Uh, who you got tonight? Gators, Tigers, it's an all-SEC final. Who wins? All I know is I saw whoever hit the home run for LSU in the extra innings the other night. Look, just like the fat catcher from Angels in the Outfield. That's Tommy there. Tanks, dude. That's the, that's the guy who was that Tommy the, Tanks? That's the guy who hit all the home runs. He looked like, the, he looked like the fat catcher from Angels in the Outfield. Tommy Tanks. When he's going around like slapping his belly and after hitting home run. He's unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's, it makes me, inspires me. I did, um, I'm taking, uh, that said, I'm, I'm just going to take Florida tonight just because I don't want to see LSU winning anyway. I don't really either, but I think LSU wins. And I'm, I'm going to give, I'm going to go back on, I kind of gave UK fans crap for doing the whole, like, when you lose in the Super Regionals, I wouldn't be surprised if they went ahead and won it all. It looks like they might go ahead and win it all. I'll take LSU tonight, bouncing back from a disastrous loss last night. 7.05, Reds-Orioles, game one in Camden, from Camden Yards. Brandon Williamson uh, on the bump against Kale Irvin, uh, who, I mean, both these guys, Cole Irvin, both have higher ERAs. Should be a high-scoring game. TK, who you got? Um, Reds get back on the winning streak. I'm saying the Reds bounce back in a fun game tonight. 10-8. Go Reds. Let's do it. Those can score, too, though. They, I know, that's what I'm they got a really good offense. We have, we have a 5-4-0 ERA versus a 7-7-1 ERA tonight. Bet the over. And they're, they're a team just over like you that's, that's built from the I mean, with the catcher and Austin Hayes and Cedric Jones, they've got a good team that they've built over the last few years. Bet the over, go Reds, go whoever you want to win the College World Series. Everyone have a fantastic Monday night. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow at 3 o'clock.